Welcome to File Entertainment Podcast with Eric and Guest. This is our massive mega episode, the M that we've been waiting for for so long with super producer Jared and Jake and David. Go ahead, guys. Welcome in. Introduce yourself all at once because that would be, like, be really fitting for how we've already got it started. <laughs> I'm not going first. Fuck that. <laughs> but you just did. You opened your mouth first, so that means that you you broke the seal. You have to introduce yourself first. Well, all right, fine. Hi, everybody. I am Jared from Feathers and Friends, also the Evil Mark Show, as well as Paragaming Productions, super producer for this episode. You guys know me. You've heard me. And this time, I'm actually officially being on the podcast, so hi. Well, for the second time, because you were on for Eminem as well. Yeah, the, yeah, the second one. Hi, Jake and David. Welcome in again. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm not here to talk about Mean Girls. <laughs> no, no, Jake. That was last season. <laughs> and that was a fun one for anyone that hasn't checked that out. That was the, the, the first time you guys uh, joined the show. And that was, wow. Uh, the Mean Girls, Matrix, Memento, and Moulin Rouge. Uh, that was, yeah, quite exciting. Does the podcast really exist? <laughs> it does. Yes, we have proof of it. <laughs> it's not just a digital fig uh, figment of our imagination. I think in this case, it literally is. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what all podcasts are? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right so this being the mega episode this is the reason we have multiple guests uh and we're gonna switch things up a little bit uh we were talking before we got started i was thinking that you know wh who i'm bringing to the table is mazzy star and they're kind of like a shoegaze kind of really low tempo kind of stuff and i figured if we started with that it's going to lull everybody to sleep. And then like the transition directly to Metallica, which would be next, would be incredibly jarring. Um, so we're actually going to start with Metallica, which is Jared's choice. And then we're going to go to the Mountain Goats, which is Jake and David's selection. And then we're going to finish off with Mazzy Star. So after you've had the hard and the heavy and then the indie rock, then you will get into like the shoegaze, kind of mellow out so you can... You know, then, you know, drift off to sleep afterwards. But then we're going to get you laughing again because we've got a really fun game. I think this one already is going to be pretty long. So I think we're going to have to abandon Is It Aerosmith in favor of the Trivial Perhoodie, which is the <laughs> Flatline Entertainment take on Trivial Pursuit with a, uh, like, a Hootie and the Blowfish kind of bent. Uh, we've got a couple of questions about Hootie and the Blowfish and a couple of questions that are kind of tangentially related to the three artists that we're bringing to the table. So uh, since I'm not going first, uh, Jared is going to be going first with Metallica. So give us the the stats, man. Like, I don't know if you have the wiki or if you want to just get into your personal connection with them. No, I... Uh... I, I've, I'll save the, the personal connection or the story, the, the best for last when uh, I play the song. I th there's two songs that everybody is going to know are coming, and I'm only playing one of them, and that's where the personal connection comes in. But in the spirit of file entertainment, I'll give you the, the, the background. I mean, Metallica was actually formed in Los Angeles back in the 1981 uh, when Danish drummer Lars Ulrich actually placed an advert in the L.A. paper, The Recycler, 
which read drummer looking for other metal musicians to jam with uh tigers of pantang diamond head and iron maiden and then james Hetfield, james Hetfield, and like somebody else answered it dave mustaine kind of came in and then all of a sudden just cliff burton came in in 82 and the band just kind of exploded from there a fun little known fact that I like to throw out for everybody is that the band name actually came from one of Ulrich's friends, Ron Quintana. He was uh, looking for ways to find um, names for a fanzine. For those of you who don't know, it's like a, a magazine for fans. And they were like, oh, well, what about Metal Mania or Metallica? And Lars was like, oh, Metal Mania is a really good idea. And then he stole the name Metallica for his own band. And then... Um, Pretty much they, they blew up when they were going on tour with Cliff Burton. His passing sparked a whole charade, and then it just Metallica became Metallica. And, I mean, it's if you want to know the full story, check it out. They've got so many documentaries about it. But, yeah, that is Metallica <laughs> to a T. Okay, well, so um, I, I was familiar with all the, the song offerings. Like, I don't know if you want to, like, do the spoiler alert at the top. Like, which ones did you think? Because... No offense to you, Jared. I know this okay. band means a lot to you, but I was kind of thinking like, this is like the basic bitch kind of offering for like Metallica. <laughs> These are like all songs that I think like people know. These aren't like deep cuts. These are just like, this is standard Metallica fare, I would thinking. But then you're, th you're saying that like only two of them are like super popular. So yeah, well, no, there, there's two songs that everybody knows. Uh, I'll, I'll just give you guys a list. Number one is one. Their, their song of, of uh, And Justice For All, Fade to Black, For Whom the Bell Tolls. I'm actually switching it up to Battery instead of Master of Puppets because of recent events. And, yes, no! What? what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? What? Damn, I was super excited. He, he wanted the Stranger Things connection. Right? I literally just had a conversation with Jake for like two hours the other day about Master of Puppets and how people shit on that song for so long and that whole album. And then all of a sudden Stranger Things comes out. And now not only are people fucking gatekeeping Metallica, which is like, what the fuck? But also... Like, that's been the whole thing of July on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, but also, Master of Puppets has, like, skyrocketed to the forefront of Metallica songs. And it's like, 10 days ago, you guys would have said this was one of their shittiest songs. Yeah, they, I uh, am. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go for it. Go ahead. No, I am curious switching it to Battery, though, because also another, like, that album is not held in high regard by metallica fans so well I, I know master of puppets a lot of people is like it's like their seventh symphony like it, it's kind of mm -hmm. like a for metallica fans it's kind of like that's when it really starts to hit the the thrash metal that they were known for the reason why is i had stranger things spoiled for me right like <laughs> i haven't seen season four and i saw they're like master of puppets and i'm like that's cool that it hit the mainstream like that but at the same time i'm like fuck because now that i look at it Master of Puppets is the number one trending song on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why I've always liked Metallica is because whenever when people in the military would be like, who do you listen to? I'm like, ah, heavy metal, Metallica. They're like, ugh, you know? <laughs> and like, to me, it was nice. But the reason why I chose Battery is because it was it was a toss-up between Battery or Le, Le Pierre Messiah. And I just like Battery a little bit better because it, it feels 
Lapirmosidomy is a little bit more grittier, but battery is kind of still that thrashy that you can get that a lot of people can at least enjoy, I guess. Well, I mean, battery is a better song than Lapirmosidomy. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hence why I chose it. <laughs> All right, but so I, the first selection oh, is is one so like mm -hmm. what's uh what's your connection with this one or, or why is uh, this the one you picked or did you want to talk about it after the song what do you guys want i'll since you're you switched it up last what, what do we want to do you want me to tell <laughs> well if you, you want to do the lead in like why you okay. <laughs> why you selected this one and then we'll get into the like the deeper kind of so i remember there was a Reddit thread not too long ago, and the reason why I, I kind of tried to cho choose one between the albums that Metallica is really known for, because after you get Load, Reload, and Sane Anger, and some of the other ones, a lot of people, Metallica fans just drop off after that. And um, I chose one because this song was actually a song that they played during the Grammys, and this is where they got really popular. And there's a moment in the song where, and I wish I could, I wish I could find a better version of it, otherwise I would have played it, but. James says forget it and cusses a little bit and like they start to jam out as an actual band and a lot of the heavy metal musicians that were in the audience were like oh they're not just selling out here they're really doing it and you can actually see the video on YouTube but this is the song where they really said we're a metal band we're not going to sell out and they actually became pretty popular. So. And, and I, I do want to add one thing about Metallica that I love, because you'll notice if you're listening to this that he said, and that's when they became popular. And that's when they became popular. Metallica <laughs> is one of those bands that has blown up four different times that I can think of. <laughs> like they fade into the background and then all of a yeah. sudden everyone is talking about Metallica again. Totally. It's a and, weird resurgence. Yes. And every album I have noticed, especially like doing additional research for this, Every Metallica album is hated by Metallica fans. Like every album, you'll, you'll find like people love it, people love it. But a lot of Metallica fans, though, they hate this album. And I, I saw that for literally every album after like their first couple that I looked at. Every single one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's too far off it's too grungy it's too this it's too that i can uh -huh. head bang to it that's all i care about well but the, they have such <laughs> obviously we're going to get into it later on so i don't want to get too far ahead but they have such a weird dynamic with their fans just in general because obviously there was the whole thing with with napster and the lawsuit where like they're they were suing their own fans <laughs> For like shit, it's like like no one hates their fans more than Metallica, and by like Jake just mentioned, like no one hates the band more than the fans. It's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, I I and when Napster came out, I was just like Lars, Al he could I wish he gets swear at least every day for the rest of his life. That is, it's ridiculous because that's that's how I used to like music. I would test it out first, and then I'm like, oh, I like this album. Go out and buy the album. It was a yeah. way to, to test it Same. without having to wait for it to come on the radio. Exactly. That's like, that just makes fiscal sense. I mean, because some of those are just like complete duds. And it's just like, yeah, if you really like the artist and you want to support what they do, then yeah, you, mm -hmm. you buy the album after you've given it a listen. Like, there's no more where they're going to play the entire like album on radio. It's like... I mean, I guess you can Spotify, but that's it's just not the same. So no, I I completely agree with that. So you ready? For I was it? the kid who made burn discs. Anyways, uh... <laughs> yes, burn discs. Yep, yep. I know that. But he's like, hey, you want? Yeah, let me get you started. And I had four of the albums and just squeegeed, you know, black album for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> totally. 
All right, so this first one is one. one. If they're without further ado, let's give it a listen.
that song. <laughs> Jared, you're, you're muted. <laughs> I love that song so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. That, that, that was yeah. just one. Sorry. <laughs> I, I want to say real quick for our uh, listeners don't trust google on this song uh if you yeah no okay so if you saw my uh expressions when we started if you just search metallica one lyrics and then click over on the google top bar uh where it says lyrics it does not give you one's lyrics fortunately i know the song by heart um but uh the lyrics that pop up, it even says Metallica and Justice for All 1988 uh, Grammy Award for Best Metal Performance, blah, 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 blah. All the stats on it are, are right, but the lyrics are, and I'll just read you the first two lines and then you'll see how far like wrong it is. Uh, is it getting better or do you feel the same? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, don't trust Google. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Forget Google. Wow. All right. Good job, buddy. <laughs> well, I can't I think of a more... <laughs> Exactly. I, I think that uh, the the music, like the interlude before darkness, uh, like I, I can't think of a more iconic kind of metal performance than I, I don't know. I, I think it feels like it goes on a little bit too long at the end like once the words wrap up like you know 30 seconds or so but during especially like the slow build up into that and then when it really starts like the thrash metal for the the darkness imprisoning me and and all that music that accompanies it it's like it's so iconic and so metallica and yeah it just it fits for sure I just like it because I can headbang fast and heavy. <laughs> I mean, that's... I have hung around military guys my entire life. Uh, most of my family is military. This song was like the military anthem before guys like Five Finger Death Punch and all those bands that like really marketed themselves as we are a military and like aiming all their stuff at that. Before mm -hmm. those guys came along, it was pretty much this. Like this and then uh, um, Fortunate Son. Uh, <laughs> well, both, which of, which, are, both are, of which, by the way, are anti-war songs. Exactly. Yes. Very much so. Very much Military guys. <laughs> yes. Well, especially like the jaded military guys, like the the the, the super gung ho lifers that are gonna like commit. And you know that they, they probably aren't. I don't know. Maybe they like Metallica, but probably not this song. The guys that have served but are a little bit like kind of jaded, like. Uh, everything we do is kind of cringy that's yeah that's where you're kind of just like used up like a piece of trash uh yeah this this kind of fits i have never seen more cringy cringy videos than where like they put like enter sandman to like some badass special forces guys i'm like i get what you're going for but no you no. couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah, they do it. But internally in my head, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Am I quiet enough? Am I quiet enough? And I'm not just like rocking out to sad but true or something. No, I'm just like, am I quiet enough? Can anybody else hear me? What can I hear? It's not It's not that any cool nonsense. So. <laughs> also, the first time I heard the song, it was blaring out of a Humvee. So, yeah, yeah, that, 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 that would be that would be very. What was what? What kind of speaker was it coming from? That was my curiosity. A hundred percent, the old school boombox. 
<laughs> okay. All right. That's yep. all right. Nice. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when uh, did you first hear this song, Jared? And like, why does it resonate so much with you? Oh yeah. I uh, totally forgot about that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, that I basically, when I was 18, I literally heard like anything and everything up to uh, the point. Cause I think it was, I think it was 2004. Five that I actually heard Metallica for the first time, and in 2005, that's when I heard everything that I was born and raised a country boy like Garth Brooks, hardcore rodeo. That was my jam, that's what got my blood pumping. Um, but yeah, 2000, 2004, 2005 is when I first like heard all of Metallica stuff from a buddy of mine. And once I heard the Black album, I couldn't get enough of it. It binged with me. One just resonated because as I was serving through the military. It, it just was one of those things where the lyrics really started to hit a little bit harder. The, the heavy metal started to hit just a little bit heavier. And it just, for me, it's, what do the lyrics sound like? How hard can I headbang? And it doesn't make <laughs> me cry. And if I can hit all three, I'm, I'm gonna. And at one point in time, this song has made me cry. So yeah, it, it's, it hits the trifecta of awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, Jake, David, do you have like any personal connections with this song or Metallica in general that you want to share? No. I can talk. Look, I can talk about Metallica for the entire <laughs> podcast. Uh, you've started to venture into how eclectic my uh, music taste is, because I could have come on for the Eminem episode for Metallica. <laughs> for I know I keep bringing the, uh, as Jake calls it, bullshit hipster music, but uh, I, I love all of it. <laughs> Which you're unironically fans of. So, I mean, the, oh, it's yeah. not like, yeah, yeah it, it's not like you're just, you like it because it is hipster music and it's like a, an ironic thing. You unironically like it. So that's, we'll yeah. accept. But it is bullshit hipster music. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. But like, to your point of how you're ordering the show and you were talking about how like, Oh, well, everyone's going to be asleep and then we're going to transition it. That's what all of my playlists are like. <laughs> like if you just hit random on any of my Spotify playlists, it can go from DMX to Metallica to yeah. Three Days Grace to <laughs> Mountain Goats and God knows what else. Same. I mean, like, I'm, I have almost all my music on my phone and it's like, yeah, if, if you just hit shuffle on songs, it'll be... Metallica to Mazzy Star to like Taylor Swift to uh, My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult to Spoon to Mountain Goats to just like yeah they're, they're it's all over everywhere it's just like, yeah it's crazy but I mean yeah I like what I like so yep I've been I've been trying to think of like but because you asked Jared like when he first heard one. And like David had his way, I, I cannot for the life of me remember when I heard any of these songs. Like it's all, I was probably like five and my dad listened <laughs> to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were to ask me the first time I listened to Metallica, I couldn't tell you. Because same thing, I mean, I was exposed, exposed to the same music for the most part as Jake was growing up. So it's like always metallica is just that <laughs> yeah. band that always has been same with like acdc and guns and mm -hmm. roses like mm -hmm. those three bands just have always existed in my life yeah yeah 
Well, so, the, the only reason why, like, I specifically know it is because it was one of those moments, like, because you go from, like, Garth Brooks, uh, Lone Star, Shania <laughs> Twain, that's that's what I grew up on. That's what my dad was listening. It was country, 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 you know, like, I legitimately lived in the backwoods of Wisconsin, and then all of a sudden, I'm a brand new country kid living in Houston, Texas for a little bit, and my buddy's like, you ever heard of this band called Metallica? And I'm like, what? And then basically it was life changing, you know. That so, there's the devil's music. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that th- I felt things I never felt before, and it became an adult, you know. I'm, I'm a man now. <laughs> You've equated to like your sexual awakening with hearing Metallica. <laughs> well, the, the next song though that I have on the docket here is actually "Fade to Black," one of their like more softer songs. And the reason why I chose it is because this t- I know this is like the basic bitch, like you guys were you're talking about it, but like this has touched so many fans that were like in the in the time when "Ride the Lightning" came out. You know, suicide was kind of a a down thing. It was very uh, it, like PTSD and stuff. It was very downplayed, and a lot of people were like, "This saved me. This song saved me." And so Fade to Black has just been an awesome song that I've I've thoroughly enjoyed throughout the years. And I mean, really, it's just it's not their most heavy that they have, but it's soft enough to be a, a good song. So right. that's, that's that's my take on it. Let's give it a listen. Don't trust Google again. <laughs> Don't trust what? Google. I just I just started reading the lyrics and I'm like, this is wrong. <laughs> I don't know what you've been Googling, but you need to reset everything and try again. Right? I'm going to screen cap this and send it to you guys. This is awful. <laughs> and it's just the Metallica tabs that I have up, too. I rechecked okay. the Mountain Goats and Nazi Star. It is just Metallica. All right, don't, don't trust Google anymore on Metallica. But without further ado, here's Fade to Black.
one thing I will say that I absolutely love is that Eric is the only one not headbanging in these in, in the Zoom meeting that we're in. He's like the consummate <laughs> professional reviewing his notes, whereas Jake and David and I are like a rocket out. We're bowing the music, and Eric's just head down going after it. I'm like, all right, man. <laughs> yeah, this is got, a music show. I got a shit to do behind the scenes, man. I'm still enjoying it. I'm just, uh, yeah, got to make sure that you – you start compiling your notes. You don't want to get too far behind. Yeah. So Wait, I, I you just... didn't have these done three weeks ago? With <laughs> spreadsheets? <laughs> I'm not nearly as prepared for my own show as I, as I am for your guy's show. And I think Clearly. vice versa. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when it's your thing, you can roll in five minutes till no notes, everything dripping off of everything. You're fine. Yeah, you just half-ass it. But when it's somebody else's product, you want to make sure that you're presenting your best, you know, best face forward. So, for sure, I get it. Fully appreciate that. So, yeah, that, that was that was fade to black. Sorry, Eric. I had to I had to just call you out on that. I, I, like, <laughs> I just I love the lyrics at the end of that song. You know, no, uh, where was it? Growing darkness, taking dawn. I was me, but now he's gone. Like it speaks truly to what PTSD and shell shock was. And then just that very ending. Yesterday seems as though it never existed. Death greets me warm. Now we'll just say goodbye, goodbye. And like you can truly tell why people were like, yeah, this song saved me because literally from the entire song song it's as though a soldier going through ptsd joining the 22 club and a lot of people i feel like they resonated with that and it was just like yeah no life is very meaningful you should hold on to it and that's why i chose fade to black there you go jake david you guys have any like connection with this song or anything to to say about it good metallica <laughs> I love the song. Like I, I don't have anything special with this one. The next song, I have a fun little story about. But this one, I mean, it's just, it's 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 some of the top tier Metallica for me. Even though it's not like super heavy, um, it, it it's more meaningful. Yeah, which I enjoy. It's definitely, yeah, more melodic, but it still has its moments where it just, like, really rocks out. It's not like they're, you know, up there with acoustic guitars or anything, you know, just doing a strum along. They're, they're really getting down, down to business, for sure. Oh, yeah. One of my metal yeah. favorite metal bands did do an all-acoustic guitar album, and <laughs> I don't want that from Metallica. <laughs> yeah, these are the sort of Metallica songs that I kind of actually like more they kind of remind me more of like the 70s metal that i listen to a lot more stuff like iron maiden that's a little bit more melodic mm -hmm. and i think it, i also prefer them because they feel they feel like they have like actual like sections and there's like changes in the music whereas i feel like some of their like thrashier heavier, heavier stuff kind of feels like just a block of kind of the same song with slight variations but stuff like this, I really like. I, I, I uh, oh, so Jake, I, I, since you said more melodic metal, have you ever heard of a band called Symphony X? Uh, a little bit. I've heard a few of their songs. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask, because the, the album The Odyssey, is it's not like heavy metal, but it, it's kind of that symphony metal, and it does have a very nice melody to the whole thing. And if you listen to their whole song, The the Odyssey, the 25-minute beast that that is, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> 
That does yeah. sound right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they actually turned the Homer's the the Odyssey into a, a metal song, and it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, but that sounds exactly like the kind of metal that I like. It's why I love Iron Maiden because they're like, here's an Edgar Allan Poe story we made into a song. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. <laughs> well, well, David, I, I want to hear I want to hear the story that you have for for whom the bell tolls. Uh, so for whom the bell tolls uh, is simultaneously my well, I can't say favorite, but probably second favorite ever Metallica song and also the scariest Metallica song ever for me. Now, I saw the face, Jake. It's scary for very personal reason. Uh, I had an experience where some things did not line up in my life and to save you all a very, very long story. Basically, uh, I ended up having to move across the country um, very suddenly and not under the best circumstances. And uh, if you know anything about Wyoming weather, uh, it's the middle of winter and mm. I had to start my drive in order to get out of the state legally um, at 4 a.m. When I hit our state's capital, which is right on the border, the highway patrolman actually like lifted the gate for me to let me through and then put it back down and locked it because uh, they were closing the road like as I passed. Wow. Um, <laughs> as I crossed into Nebraska, I started to get tired and then, you know, I was young, I was dumb and uh, I was woken up by the uh whom the bell tolls the the start the bell <laughs> as it rings as i had fallen asleep driving in through nebraska and i was almost uh i was still in my lane somehow but a semi truck uh, uh i'll never forget it was a cr england truck was drifting off into my lane while Oof. i was asleep and i wasn't reacting Oof. to it and i almost i almost got pushed out by a uh, semi while while asleep um and so now i always think of that every time i hear this song wow right. that, well that's <laughs> terrifying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry I'm... we didn't mean to trigger you with us <laughs> <laughs> uh it's all good i have way worse car crash stories i was just like i love it because it's like world war one world war two fight military <laughs> hoorah ah. like that was that's that was really it for me. <laughs> like if if you like those kind of songs, check out Sabaton. I don't think I already have listened to all of their stuff. Okay, Sabaton. okay, good. Yeah, Sabaton yeah. is a Sabaton has a very special place in my heart as well too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like this was this was like like for whom the bell tolls again when I was in the military. Just I think it was when I started doing my flyaways missions where I was pretending to be an air marshal for like our C one thirties, and I have a fear of flying. And now I don't know if you know this, but I've had 59 combat missions. I've had over two dozen uh, SAM missiles, rockets, RPGs, stuff shot at me. So I've been in zero G, which was absolutely fun. And the only thing that kept me calm was Sabaton, Metallica, ACDC, like all these really heavy songs. And I remember we were coming into we were coming into Baghdad once. And uh, I had thrown on some set uh, for whom the bell tolls and the bell started. And if you've ever heard the, uh, you guys know what the the angel of death is, right? From a C one thirty, right? Ah, uh, absolutely. 
I, so it's there's a very distinct sound in the cockpit, and I was listening to For Whom the Bell Tolls, and the bell was tolling, and then all, all of a sudden I hear, do 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 and I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> just all of a sudden, I, I just heard like we we did nosedive, and for the entire song of Whom the Bell Tolls, I just saw the pilots reacting, and we were getting shot at, and I was like, this is pretty dope. <laughs> so it kind of has a little bit of a special connection. Where after that day, I really really like the song. So yeah. <laughs> you guys want to relive that moment with me real quick <laughs> and david's i mean i think like if i was both you guys would be like and i'm never listening to this song again <laughs> no no the that's... song keeps you alive eric but clearly it... fair enough <laughs> if you so... don't have the song and you go into those situations it will never be good you have to have the song now okay yeah yeah Jake, do you do you have a story of? I, I don't. Oh. I, I don't have any personal trauma attached to the song. Now it's weird. <laughs> Shucks. <laughs> we were really hoping. Let's see if we can make some. <laughs> so everybody needs to get in their car, start to get on the highway, and start going as fast as they can <laughs> as the bells begin to toll. <laughs>
Huzzah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I, w- I love watching you you guys, uh, Jake and David, just like kind of bo- bobbing and go, David, you're, you're right there with me. I'm too much of a pansy to do it in front of all you guys. <laughs> Look, I... Maybe it's because I started streaming. I don't give a shit. I'll make a shit. I'm I, I'm just gonna enjoy myself. That's what you should. That's what we're here to do. And let's have some fun and talk about music that is meaningful to us. And yeah, you know, I had to move that song for, way further up the rankings for the the implication of <laughs> it saved my friends' lives. You know, so how, what kind of monster would I be? <laughs> It's, it's uh, number five because they lived, obviously, you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. If they'd have died, it'd been a way cooler story. It would have been more metal, that's for sure. Uh, I, I have to get into putting up with David because of it, so I mean... Eh. Wow. Uh, have you guys... I, oh, sorry, David. I'm sorry, man. No, go ahead. Uh, did you guys like? Have you guys ever had that song where you're like, "Wow, this is a great song." You listen to it, you think you're singing the correct lyrics, and then you actually like go in and read the lyrics, and you're like, "Hmm, that was way off, time. way yeah. off." Yeah, For this sure. was this was one of the first songs to where I was listening to it, and and like I know it's weird that this of all songs would be one of those songs where like you're completely off, but you know like Meta Five still life through the raging glow. I totally thought that was something different. Uh, you know, a couple of things in there, you were, you're like, yeah, you know, for whom the bell tolls, time marches on, I got that. But I think, like, this song completely changed the way I looked at it when I first sat down, read through the lyrics as I was, like, trying not to headbang. But, yeah, there's, that's that's kind of why it holds a special place is because it's such a militaristic song as well, again, that it just, I was like, ooh. Goosebumps. I'm sensing a theme here. Yeah, so, a <laughs> do you remember what those uh, misheard lyrics were the first time or what you yeah. thought that they were? Like that whole first paragraph, that whole first opening from make his fight on the hill uh, in the early day, constant chill deep inside, shouting gun on the, uh, on they run through the endless gray, on they fight for the right, yes, but who's to say? I thought it was kind of like slightly different, but I was like, but who's to say was kind of what I got. Um, I don't remember because, again, this was like 15 years yeah. ago now. But, yeah, like that's – it just – it changes the whole dynamic of when you actually know what the song means or mm-hmm. how they write it and then – again but yeah there, there is a very militaristic theme that this is this is kind of what got me through everything so this, this song also illustrates a thing that i really like metallica for and uh one of the reasons why i'm such a fan of their stuff still is they're very good at being anti-war without being anti-soldier and <laughs> so much of your 70s and 80s uh stuff that you find really has a very anti-soldier tint to it when it's designed to be very anti-war um and that stuff bugs me a little bit i mean some of it's still good music and i listen to it but like i i can't sit there and like read and digest the lyrics because it'll piss me off and irritate me (laughs) um but i think metallica does a very good job of trying to be like hey war is bad but also these are soldiers like they're not the problem it's other people Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they tell they tell the story of this is the soldier, this is why war is bad, this is the hell that they have to go through, and it and it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yep. Agreed on all counts. 
I love it when you guys are like super passionate about it. Like this is kind of like how Mark was with Grateful Dead. He's just like he ran with it, you know. And that's why you guys are with Metallica. It's like I don't really have to chime in because you guys are covering it. Job done. <laughs> well, Jake, I, Jake, do you do you have a, an opinion on for for whom the bell tolls? I like the bell. I like the bell. But <laughs> 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 this is like one of those. Well, like there's certain like songs that like, you like you just hear so often that it sort of mm -hmm. becomes just like background. Like, oh, it's just impossible for me to focus on that song at this point. Like, even with the lyrics pulled up, just listening to it, it's like <laughs> I've heard this song like probably more than a million times because this was also. I guess I do kind of have a personal story of getting tired of it, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I a wrestled. traumatic experience. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, like I, I did wrestling throughout high school, and it was like for every practice we had a playlist. It was the exact same playlist, and this was the first song on it. And after like like three years of wrestling, it was every time I'd hear that song, I'm like, man, this fucking thing again. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, five days a week <laughs> and we would frequently go longer than the playoffs. So it would frequently play like two or three times during the same day. <laughs> oh my I, God. I, I feel you because the armed forces network, when I was in Afghanistan, every hour on the hour played welcome to the jungle. And oh. I wanted to strangle that person. And it, <laughs> I couldn't because they weren't at the same base as me. I wrote emails. I wrote letters. I begged and pleaded, but every hour on the hour. So finally, after like three months in, I was in like, imagine you're doing 12, 14 hour shifts in your right. truck. And so I was just like, fine, I'm getting an iPod. I'm investing in the, the radio transmitter. And finally, it got better. Understandable. It's like, we're not even in the fucking jungle. <laughs> like, it's not welcome to the desert. For God's sake. I mean, there's a palm tree over there, but that's because Shazam decided to have it there. You know, like it's, it's yeah, it's the, it's the coffee place. That's why there's a palm tree there. But yeah, you look around, it's like, ooh, mountains, mountains, desert, desert, desert. Ooh, a camel. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, that was, it, I, I hated it. Ah. <laughs> But I, I know I'm throwing you guys an audible, and it is Battery off of the, the Master of Puppets album. And I, I know I'm sorry, David. I'm sorry, everybody. But I just, when it was spoiled and it was Master of Puppets, and you're right, just everybody was like, oh, it's so great. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, no, I can't do that. I just cannot be like, oh, <laughs> you guys know it's coming. So here, yeah, you know, I, I'm already putting in one song that everybody's going to know is going to be there. I can't have two. And, you know, if, if I'm going to do a list, I'm going to do it Jared's way. And between Lapeer Messiah and Battery, it was just Battery because this was like, this was my first time listening to what some people would consider actual thrashy. And I was just like, they can do this. You know, so yeah, like to me, that's that's why I love battery. It it recharges mine, and I can get going. Uh, all right, okay. let's do it.
I love that. Just the the, the, the pounding at the end. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, it's, it it just it. I don't know. I don't know that that ending. I know it drags on for a little bit, but like at the same time, it just it's winding you up for that next song, and I, I friggin' <laughs> love it. <sighs> David has some misheard lyrics here. Yeah, I dude, like... I forgot about this until uh until we started listening to this song. So this is a song that I used to always be afraid to play in front of my parents because uh, I thought this song was way more metal than it actually is. Um, <laughs> I used to swear that the chorus to this song, which also, by the way, it changed uh, what I thought like the meaning of this song was because I used to swear it said found out aggression turns into obsession uh, cannot fill the battery, not kill the battery. <laughs> Gotta kill the family. Battery is found in me. <laughs> I swore to God this song was about murdering your family. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I that it. until I was like 20. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost prefer that over the real thing. I I was going to say I'm not going to lie and this makes me a bad person, but it did drop a couple levels in how much I like the song. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you, man. Because I was a psychopath when I was younger. <laughs> but not so much of a psychopath that you wanted others to know, because if you would have played yeah. that and the, your parents thought that it also had the same lyrics that you did, they'd be like, we need to get this guy some help. But... No, uh, no, legitimately, no. Um, it would have taken his PlayStation away, much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I hate how right you are, but also, <laughs> no, le legitimately, it fell down a little bit in how much I liked it because it took another like period of time. Like one of my Metallica phases had to die out, and then I had to pick it back up again later on in life for me to actually like sit and understand and really get what this song was about. Cause I thought I knew it was about this dude who went crazy and killed his family. And like, <laughs> I knew that that's what this song was about. And other Metallica fans were like, what? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I don't actually know what the song is about. I mean, I really don't understand it. All I know is that it's just, it's thrashy. It's metal. They have great lyrics. Like, Hunger Violence Seeker, Feeding Off the Weaker, Breeding on Insanity. Like, that to me is just like some junkie who's just like, I'm going to kill everything and fuck everything as mess as fast as I can. And like that, I don't care what else is in there. I'm Including just like, yeah, families. Great. I think I yeah. think we can retcon this. I think we can combine <laughs> this. I th we should start a formal petition. James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich. <laughs> I think you need to change the lyrics to what to David's misheard lyrics. That's to right. change the whole meaning yeah. of the song <laughs> in uh, order to increase his uh, likability of it. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, no, I mean the this song is very much so about. Uh, a, a statement on the the society and culture at the time mm -hmm. and a lot of what it's talking about with the family a lot of people seem to think and believe that that's referring to kind of the scene itself and metal um because okay. it was kind of under attack again in this period of time um as well as kind of talking about the uh 
uh, sort of satanic panic and mm-hmm. metal and all that stuff is really evil and all these kids are awful and so you know all that kind of comes into play right around the time the song was released so um most of the time if you go online and and look up what battery is about it's uh it's they they seem to think that that cannot kill the family line is is talking about the the scene itself or the the fans depending on what you read so Mm -hmm. Turning it into obsession, the satanic panic that was a huge obsession, crushing all deceivers, non-believers. Yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in a very like Christian household, like to the point where there was a time where my dad was like, get rid of all, all like not you know, all the secular music in the house, you know, like throwing away all their albums and tapes and CDs and all that. Like all all you could have is you know just christian music and so like yeah i was not allowed to listen to any of this kind of stuff and so hearing the like the first album that i heard was the black album when you know at a friend's mm-hmm. house and so that was just like it was like life-changing it was like uh, am i a devil worshiper now because i'm hearing this <laughs> like i i was like fully like just assuming that i was just going to start drawing pentagrams and everything because you know i i heard metallica you know but uh <laughs> no you gotta listen to pantera for that yeah yeah i think start drawing a lot worse symbols if you listen to pantera i think that that song walk in five minutes oh my god that's that those those will get you (laughs) but you know but speaking of of like hearing a song for the first time i know i've been teasing this story for like ever now but I will finally tell you the story of why Metallica holds such a special place in my heart because of the song Sad But True. So I was just, I literally just got done with a sleepover. It was me and a buddy of mine sitting in his truck. We were 18 at the time. And we we're going to go to this donut shop that that show uh, like hoagies, you know, those pigs in a blanket, right, for breakfast. And so we're tired as hell. I, Like I said, I grew up country. A lot of the music they were listening to was not up my alley. And he's like, hey, man, you ever heard of Metallica? I was like, Metallica, who, what? I was like, oh, you've never heard of Metallica. I was like, no. So he pulls out this all blacked out CD with a little bit of an extra black snake on it. I was like, what is this? Plugs it in, turns it to two, sad but true. And I hear that guitar riff in the beginning. I have only had the hairs on the back of my neck stand up a few times in life. This was the very first time that has ever happened with music. And I didn't move an inch from when he started the song until we stopped it and got out of the truck. And I was instantly hooked. Country, like Garth Brooks' Rodeo, stuff like that. You know, people are like twanging off of that, hitting hard off that. I didn't, I don't feel anything anymore. If it is not that level of Metallica, I do not get the adrenaline rush. I do not feel that vibe, the burning sensation just to ah, get out there and thrash and God sad damn but it, true Jared, is making me feel it. things, emotions <laughs> and stuff. I was going to give you shit because this, I was going to say that this was the most basic bitch of the basic bitch selections that you could have. I was going to firmly plant this one. I had already written this one in at five because I'm like, no, this is like, it's a good song, but come on. Like, this is the most basic bitch. Like, now I have to move it up because it actually, like, it, wow. meant, it means something to you. This there is there the goes first... Eric hopping out again. <laughs> this is the first song that actually, like, it, listen, sad but true and, uh, uh, the tide began to rise by Demon Hunter were two of the first like really emotional metal songs that I would listen to. These were my go-to when a lot of shit when I was younger was not going right. So I completely oh, yeah. get that. And these, yeah. Um, 
which man i could talk about demon hunter all day long too uh anyways uh but yeah (laughs) i don't know like i think it's partly because of the age but like when i was a teenager like metal was there was a lot more emotion connected to it 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 doesn't feel like a lot of the screamo even some of the heavy like i listened to some heavy screamo stuff but there were lyrics that had a lot more meaning like it wasn't this like some of the newer stuff where it's just like kill die burn there's literally a song (laughs) where that's the lyrics for most of the song it's fun but it doesn't mean anything yeah they uh you guys know who lamb of god is right oh yeah. yeah 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 Yeah, like even even Walk With Me in Hell, Reclamation, um, you know, mm-hmm. Requiem, uh, The 11th Hour, like even those songs that are like some of their like bigger bangers doesn't even come close to sad but true. And, and you're right. It was like I was 18. I was young, impressionable. And I mean, for the first time ever, you're hearing something you've legitimately <laughs> never heard before. Like you guys were saying, grew up in that Christian household, Eric. Like I didn't know what this was. Like my brother dabbled in like Kill Switch, Mudvayne, and a couple of those guys. And then my buddy like introduced me and I just couldn't eat it up. Like it just, it was there. Just, I could not stuff enough food in my face that was metal. So, Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Eric. So I, no, don't apologize at all. That's <laughs> I, that, that's what this point of the show is. Like you know, it's to talk about what music means to us and everything. Like my selection, the your Metallica to me was Marilyn Manson. Ah. Like Marilyn Manson, that came out at the perfect time. And like a, a buddy of mine, uh, Tommy, that I was uh, roommates with in the military. He's the one that introduced me to Marilyn Manson. And that like just it struck me, and it was the same kind of thing. Like I, I, but more so because like he actually did play up like the devil worship kind of thing, especially like early on in his career. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking the same thing. Like the first time he put on like that that CD, I was like, oh my god! Like, am, like if I start cutting myself or something, like you know, <laughs> stop me! Like, uh, you know, like uh, it, it was weird. And I has still he obviously had some troubling things come out, you know, uh, later on, which, cause he was going to be yeah. my selection. Um, like his, his whole band too. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if you know about his guitarist, but like his guitarist, like had similar accusations back in like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there's been a lot of, you know, kind of troubling things. And it's just like, yeah. I really don't want to kind of glorify his music and, and talk about him so much on a platform like this. But I mean, it, it did that, Again, Jared, like Metallica was to you, Marilyn Manson was, especially that first like mainstream album that he had was just like, I, I know every little beat, every little nuance, every millisecond, millisecond of that album, because I just like, yeah, it was on constant loop and repeat. And David, it looks like you were going to say something earlier when I was talking. Well, what's funny is you talk about like the hyper religious household and stuff like my parents were too. And like, I wasn't allowed to watch power rangers because it had magic um but i could listen to metallica i wasn't allowed to listen to marilyn manson so the first time (laughs) i heard marilyn manson do anything was when he covered sweet dreams much 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 later yeah (laughs) Uh, 
Well, I, I guess there's there's no time like the present to just roll out. Um, and just for all of you listeners out there, I will be counting that four beat to perfection because I that 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 soft little just I'm just like one, two, three, four. And it's I have it down in it. Oh, I love it. Just, <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's round it out with Sam Matru.
you know, I, in hindsight, I'm thinking now we should have ended with Metallica so that David, who has to, who has to pick up his, his sister-in-law from the airport at one in the morning, would have been uh, more amped up to go out and do it instead of, uh, you're going to have to turn on For Whom the Bell Tolls so you don't fall asleep <laughs> after Mazzy Star because she won't lull you to sleep. Correct. Uh, Dude, I... I love how that song is about booze and, and drinking and his his alcohol problem as an eighteen year old teenager. Like, ah, rebel against the system. The system sucks. Parents are dumb. It's sad but true. And this whole time he's talking about his drinking obsession and how it's mm-hmm. it and I'm like, Oh, okay, that's that's new. <laughs> this song has always meant that to me, but not for drinking. Mm. Uh, more in relation to pills. Um this song has a huge history for me and uh but it's linked to my favorite mountain goats song so i don't want to talk about it just yet (laughs) okay the same reason i love this song is the same reason that my current mountain goat song is my favorite song so okay which is in the playlist yeah oh 100 percent. all right I wanted to make sure. I, I figured that's how you were going to do it because that's how you guys did it with Hold Steady. So yeah, yeah, well, which yeah, much harder this time. Much harder, <laughs> uh, especially since I vacillate between four different. Like it depends on my mood on which Mountain Goat song is my favorite. Uh, currently, again, because of the stuff we'll talk about, like the one that is my current favorite right now that ties in so much to this. Like so, we'll be talking about some of the themes from this again later. <laughs> okay. Well, I love, like, we always talk about, like, the synergy with music, and that's great that, you know, two mm-hmm. kind of disparate bands like that will have, like, a, something that ties together in your mind, and it's also uh, just great, like, how subjective music can be. Like, it means different things to different people. Obviously, it meant something, you know, about alcoholism to James Hetfield when he wrote it, but people can take their own interpretations of it and make it mean whatever to suits them, and that's great. I love that about music. I can't believe how much trauma I'm bringing up for you, my man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, listen. <laughs> it's fine. Um, if, if my trauma being reactivated, like, gave me real problems, I would be screwed with what I do for a living. Um, <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, because I, I know mm-hmm. what my interpretation was as a young man. Listening to this, when you first listen to this song... How many characters are in this song for you? How many characters? Yeah, like when when you're reading through it, how many people are in this song? Honestly, it to me it was it was more just the the music for the little while, like the instrumental okay. part. The the lyrics just made it hit so much more harder. And it wasn't until like a couple of years later that I listened to this song and like I actually paid attention to the lyrics. I thought he was just talking about himself. And then, okay. there was a t- then there was a side of him when he was drunk. It's like, I am the only reason why you are who you are. I am the, yep. I, I am your face of fun. I'm your face of excitement. I save you. But whenever there's a bad part, you, you tell me that, you know, like I'm the bad guy. And so it's kind mm. of like his inner demons being like, no, 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 no. This is, this is about me. So I, I think there's like two people in here. Why? Don't tell me there's like five or 10. No. Oh, no, no. This is all personal. No, for <laughs> oh, me, okay. this has always been three. Oh. Because there's been that conversation and then the person on the outside that he's also talking to. Yeah. And that's always been the way that my brain has interpreted 
these lyrics. Um, and again, we'll get into why later and some of the stuff that was going on when I really was listening to this heavily. Um, but yeah, it was it was the story of the inner demons, but it was also the people trying to stop the addict and the way that they got pushed to the side and literally thrown to the ground and things like that. So, see, David, if you would have skipped all the things that we would have missed, all the the talking about, <laughs> about your traumas. That's right. All <laughs> my trauma, my therapy session wouldn't have happened. You're right. <laughs> this is no longer the M episode. This is therapy with Let's Play Death Ray and Jared. Mark. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> You have so, no idea how right you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, does anybody have any other things to to wrap up Metallica? Uh, I mean, it, I'm really excited to get into this other stuff with uh, with David and and talk about the Mountain Goats and that connection. So, I'm really anybody Metallica anything? Well, obviously coming back to them for the ratings portion at the end of it, but. Uh, yeah, I guess we're ready to get into the Mountain Goats then. If you guys want to give us the, the wiki or your personal connection to it, or you know, give us the, the rundown on John Darnielle. Go ahead and start, Jake. Okay. So the Mountain Goats started as a single artist project in 1991 when John Darnell bought a Panasonic boombox. And started just sort of for his own entertainment, writing songs and recording them to cassette. Uh, and he made sort of his own album, uh, which he well, was like half covers and like half original stuff. And he named it Taboo Six, The Homecoming. And like just gave it to like a bunch of his friends. And he thought that would sort of be the end of it. But it was one of those things where it like traded like hands between, you know, one friend to another friend to another uh, until it ended up in the hands of the owner of like a new small indie label called Shrimper, uh, who published it and basically like got in contact with him and said, you know, I, I like what you're doing. Uh, if you want to do more stuff, I'll put it out in like very limited cassette only runs. Uh, and that started like the very early era of the Mountain Goats. It was. Uh, just and then he started working with an all-girl reggae band called the Bright Mountain Choir that would like occasionally uh, contribute mostly their bassist Rachel Ware came in for like a couple of songs, mm -hmm. but it still was like mostly a like one-person operation. Uh, tracking down a lot of this early stuff is like nearly impossible. A lot of it's actually been like completely lost. Because it was just him doing like mostly home recording and then like contacting basically whoever would put it out. So like very limited runs of like sometimes like 20 cassettes. <laughs> and he wasn't even like writing down the lyrics or like the chords or anything. So like a lot of them he's ha has said like I would write it and then the recording would be fucked up. And I couldn't remember how to play it the next day. So that song was just gone. <laughs> but he, wow. he was... He was making like so, like a song a day. He put out like just an absurd amount of music in this era. Just the stuff that survived, like holy crap! That, <laughs> There's what four or five albums just off of the stuff that was recorded on that boombox. Uh, more, 
technically more <laughs> okay let me put it this way there's like four or five of them on spotify <laughs> yes then there's also two compilations uh two or actually three compilation albums that are like stuff from like little like one and two song cassettes and stuff that he did or for like weird side projects for other people uh, but it, it's like hundreds of hours of music all like home recorded like super lo-fi indie stuff Wow. That, that sort of started to change in 1994 when he made his first like proper like full length album uh, that actually got published by like a legitimate studio, which was a uh, Zappolito machine, I think is how it's pronounced, but I'm not sure. Uh, and that like sort of is the turning point where he started to like not have any sort of mainstream success, but he sort of started to become sort of a like local Southern California legend. Uh, because as he was doing all this, he was playing like small bars and like open mic nights and stuff like that. Uh, and this is where you sort of start seeing him like working with other musicians and sort of just gradually growing. Uh, then uh, in 97 is where you sort of start to see Arguably, it turned from a solo project into an actual band, as that's where uh, Peter Hughes joined as like his go-to bassist, uh, and then uh, along with like a bunch of different sort of uh, session musicians that would sort of come and go. Uh, then uh, his first not recorded either in his own home or the home of a friend album <laughs> came in uh, 2002 uh, with Tallahassee. Uh, which sort of started a new era for the band. Uh, and then from there, they just sort of snowballed into sort of being these, one of those bands that's like very big in the indie rock community, uh, but, but, but not really any mainstream success until uh, 2005 with The Sunset Tree, which is one of the albums we're going to be talking about. It's the only one we have two songs from. Uh, which had like their first song that actually got like any sort of real mainstream success in the song this year, which is one that we'll be talking about. Then in 2007, the drummer from Super Junk, uh, John Worcester, joined as the third like permanent member of the band, which is bizarre. <laughs> it's a great name, Super Junk, though. It is. <laughs> also, what a change in genre. Uh, yeah, he's he's a weird guy to look into because he's actually been in like a shit ton of bands that you've heard of and just <laughs> never realized he played with them for like three albums randomly. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking through the A to Z song lyrics, uh, azlyrics.com, because that's where I go to get a lot of the good lyrics because I know uh -huh. you're saying Google can't do it. And like, uh, I remember trying to pull up everything and I'm just looking through it and I'm it's just page like pages of just and i'm like what is this dude doing i didn't know he was that like he started off just like that old school and like wow just oh yeah no i don't know i don't remember because it, it's it's lost to time now and so that song is trashed <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah. So awesome yeah that uh that, that pretty much as far as like big band changes uh well like brings us up to the modern era he's just like the, the band has just continued to put out like they'll occasionally take a year or two off and then sometimes uh, which i know you've talked about being annoyed by bands doing but like he had two albums come out in 2020 uh because he actually returned he did his first like 
home recorded album since 2002 because of the pandemic. He was like, yeah, sure, I'll do an extra album just, you know, for <laughs> something to do. Uh, and yeah. they, they like fairly consistently put out on average now like an album a year. Well, but that is like, especially after a long hiatus, like as a fan, you're waiting for new stuff to come out. And so something new does come out and you're like, oh, great, a new album to digest. And then it's like a couple months later, another yeah. new album. It's like, stop, just stop. Yeah. As a Mountain Goats fan, you don't really have that issue because like a three year gap is like, wow, that, that's been forever. Usually it's like two, one to two years at most. Like, especially, like, from, like, 2020 on, it's been just, like, one album after another. Yeah. I, I realized how much was on Spotify when I tried to listen to everything by them for this podcast. Yes. Can't be done. Can't be done. Uh, well, I mean, I did it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but I have a job and a family and... <laughs> Remember, Jake said occasion he listened to every single Halsey song except those five that we were going to be talking about. Yeah, but that, that's not that much. Like I could have done yeah. that if I wanted to. It's I tried to do that with the Mountain Goats, and I literally did not have time. I would have had to stop listening to all podcasts, watching all YouTube or TV <laughs> to just listen to music. <laughs> See, that, that's why I like my job because uh, I work at a call center. I do call center work, and what's really nice is that they only record through the program, which means that I'm free to listen to whatever. But what I like to do with these, do with the file and entertainment stuff, I like to hear it for the first time with you guys. See everybody's reaction, mm -hmm. get my first mm -hmm. initial reaction. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but if I listen to something for the first time, that's where I get tainted with it because it's that first initial reaction. Because I think, like, for me, it's like 10 to 15 seconds in. That's where I'm like, all right, it's either I love it or I hate it. So, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it depends on the song for me. I, some of my favorite songs I despised upon first hearing. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to ask you a question that doesn't relate to any of the songs we're listening, but it it will tie in to the File Under Entertainment uh, universe, Jake. Okay. Uh, do you know what name the best metal or the best death metal band in Denton decided on? Uh, no, because it was between two it's Satan Fingers or I can't remember what the other one is. The Killers. Yeah, the Killers. Yeah. Yep. Which they ended up falling on the Killers. Uh, the hint for that usually on like all of your like trivia stuff is their debut album, Hot Fuss. And I'm like, I know uh, that one. Okay. <laughs> I like the idea that the Killers are a death metal band. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they were gonna be, damn it. <laughs> they take a very different path. Yes, <laughs> quite different. All right. So, what's this first song that you got on the docket for us, you guys? Uh, so, this is the only one of the lo-fi, like home recorded songs that we uh, have in our choices. We we wanted to have at least one. Because while, while I'm not, like, involved in the online fandom enough to know for sure, I'm certain there are Mountain Goats fans who are like, only the home-recorded stuff is real <laughs> Mountain Goats. <laughs> so I at least wanted to have them have some, you know, representation. Oh, for sure. There's got to be a faction. There's always, like, the, the certain faction of everything. <laughs> of course. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, right. And this... This is off of their uh, last uh, album, Like That, All Hail West Texas, which came out in 2002. Uh, and this is Fall of the Star High School Running Back. 
for a year. You rushed for an average of eight and a third yards per carry. All eyes were on you, junior year. Blew your knee out at an out-of-town game. Nowhere to go but down, down, down. Nothing but the ground left for you to fall to. Has you guys done the research, which I'm sure you have, is William Staniforth Donahue, is this a real person from his past? It is not. Okay. It's just so, a... Okay. Yeah, uh, specifically, actually, uh, he, he at this point hadn't written anything that was, like, directly autobiographical, uh, but then a few albums later, he actually did, like, back-to-back -back albums that were directly autobiographical, uh, one of which we will be talking about. Yep. I just uh, it was so oddly paced. <laughs> like, yes. When he, when he was really like, yeah, it was recorded on a boom boss. Like, cause I was thinking maybe, Oh, he's got some good plugs. No, this is literally somebody just hit record on a boom yeah. so, That is it's, so amazing. Yes. It's like the, it's the epitome of indie uh, in like yeah. the, the lo-fi, like do it yourself kind of thing. And just like, I don't know. I couldn't think of a, better representation of indie when you guys were talking about like it's like yeah i just didn't remember how to do that song and it's like i lost it and so it was gone forever like completely no commercialization about it at all like i i could not give a shit less it's like it's for the yep. art and when that art is gone it's gone like that's it, great and so i i don't know why dylan had such a pushback like i think that your guys comp to him about the mountain goats <laughs> is actually pretty cool it's a good one you'll see why <laughs> okay I'll see I'll see. It's I'll the, see there's a common theme and a subject matter that comes up a lot especially because in the more uh popular ones because it is directly autobiographical in two of them uh there are some themes that i know dylan doesn't like uh and they seem to hammer them a lot uh yeah. especially if all you listen to is their like popular stuff did, did is it the selling acid to a cop no it's yeah drinking. yeah that plays <laughs> kind of, kind of. But, uh, but yeah no yeah. It's, it's drinking yeah yeah oh, okay okay yeah it's a uh, short song i was kind of hoping for more oh <laughs> look all of these are going to be short compared to metallic <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I think our longest song is a minute shorter than yours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah should we get Brad minutes. back in here with King Crimson with his seven minute instrument? Bro, I had to fast forward. No hate to Brad. Wow. But like, no, no hate to King Crimson. Wow. No, no, they can take it. Wow. <laughs> Listen, here's my criticism to King Crimson. You're not Rush. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> I, I like Brad because I did actually have Brad just on an episode of of mine uh, where we talked about Thor and the Determinalist. But I remember looking at those songs. I was like, okay, six, seven minute songs. This might be up my alley. King Crimson. Okay, maybe a little. Maybe I didn't expect freaking Carnival. You know, honky dory. Just like, oh, get the monkey jukebox going for a minute. So away. <laughs> like, I'm like, dude. I yeah, you had me for a minute. But then he's like, oh, this has some lyrics. They said two sentences. Exactly. <laughs> and then five minutes of just. Yeah, no, again, nope. Brad was a great guest. So I don't want to disparage him, but some of those selections are... I don't know how many texts I got from Jared, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I love you, Brad. I love you. You're a great dude. I enjoyed you. But the music you chose, bro, is some outer space. That, like, I need an edible for that, and I don't do drugs at all, so... <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we're not the ones to get that reaction, because normally... <laughs> oh, no, you could take it. I'd put it in the chat chat for all the reads so no worries <laughs> <laughs> all right so what's uh the, this next one on the docket is this year uh, well actually but before we move on yeah we're not done i do breaks a little bit all right uh, i do have two little things to plot one i think it's very funny that there's a reference to notorious big in this song <laughs> Whoa, wait, what <laughs> Yeah, uh, the 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 lyric uh, he was given to his ends, and it feels uh, fantastic. As a direct line from Big Papa. I didn't know. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the notorious B.I.G. I just know that he may have killed Tupac, and that was about as far as it goes. Uh, ne neither am I, but I think it's very funny that he quoted him in this song. <laughs> Found that very unexpected. Looking into it, uh, but. Uh, this also has a direct link to our last choice of the hold study because uh, one of the like big inspirations that uh, John Darnier like credits to him changing sort of his approach to like albums with his last few that like led to like the success that led him turn into like an actual band recording in a studio is the band Lifter Polar, specifically their last album, uh, Fiestas and Fiascos, is what he credits. As, as like making him want to do like more narrative kind of character driven stuff as opposed to like more just pure thematically stuff. Yep. Uh, so I'm waiting for the cover of the stove and the toaster. Is that a here in the list? No? <laughs> well, uh, there, there's not that, but uh, Craig Finn of the whole study has covered uh, one of the songs from uh, All Hail West Texas. So yep, <laughs> you're not far nice. off. <laughs> Because uh, the, this next song goes full circle as we are going into this year from uh, 2005's The Sunset Tree, which is directly referenced in a Hold Steady song. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is also one of my, like, this is one of the songs that sometimes is my favorite Mountain Goat song. Uh, <laughs> okay. But this isn't the one with the connection. No. Okay. All right. But this, this song is... I. I really love this song and I'm, I'm hoping you guys enjoy it. Uh, but this is one of those songs where the lyrics 
are make it or break it for me, 100%. Okay, let's give it a listen this year.
Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was this year. See, in uh, I know you know Dylan uh, battled with alcoholism, and I know that's one of the reasons about like the pushback, like you were saying. But I, I could definitely see him covering the song, like him doing it justice. Like the, this seems like in the vein, especially because he he had spoken, you know, pretty openly about like his own addiction and his own demons and um this it's not like glorifying alcoholism if anything it's uh, i mean I, I think it's he's saying like he's in a drunken haze when he was underage and you know, like how bad that was but he, he, the twin high maintenance machines and uh, especially that stands i played video games in a drunken haze i was 17 years young hurt my knuckles punching the machines the taste of scotch rich on my tongue i mean i, I think it's really poetic and i could yeah, I, I don't know what, what Dylan's problem is <laughs> with with this band. And I, I think it's this is high art, I think. So I'm not gonna lie. I love that I'm gonna make it through this year if it kills me. And I had to scroll down to see what year this album was put out. And I'm like, two thousand five? This yeah. was, I was like, this is a great anthem for the for the COVID years. And like I'm looking I'm like, two thousand five wasn't that bad of a year, guys. I mean, yeah, I had to go through basic training and stuff, but like really it wasn't that bad, fellas. It wasn't it's that about bad. to get a lot worse. <laughs> Listen, this was my twenty twenty oh. anthem. Uh, apparently it was for a lot of people, actually. This song like got a huge like it shot up in popularity in twenty twenty, along with uh uh, apparently no children became like a big tiktok song which is another yeah. song by them which is weird uh but, but those two songs like blew up and during the pandemic apparently <laughs> yep. it's it's funny that you say no children blew up when that's when many children were being conceived <laughs> <laughs> oh but uh so yeah uh that as we alluded to earlier, this is one of his two like fully auto autobiographical uh, albums. This one is focused on uh, his relationship with his abusive stepfather. Uh, hence the I'm going to make it through this year if it kills me when he's 17. It's his last year, you know, trapped with his abuser. Yeah, yeah he's trying mm. to get out of get out of there. And I, I kind of understand that sentiment. Um, but I don't know, like this is always... This song to me, I know it's not what it's about, but it's just always been kind of that, like, th this was the teen angst that I remember feeling so much, but it was much younger for me. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to wait till 18, like, <laughs> I ended up leaving home a little <laughs> earlier than that. But, but this song, especially paired with the next one in, uh, in the order, because the next, I, if I read it right, the next one is Lion's Teeth, right? Yes, yes. it is. Okay, yeah, so this one paired with the next one kind of all tie in to sad but true for me and and kind of how all of that relates because I mean it's it's all the same theme for me, which is all that that uh not only uh alcohol and substance abuse but also uh living with an abusive individual um and then between sad but true and this year and the song that we're about to listen to having to be in the position to be the only person willing to or able to uh, confront that person and then the negative things that happen there um, very much so tie into my life. Um, 
This is getting real sad panda bud and i love it yeah listen uh, that's that's i mean the reality is is this is something that i've had to deal with and you know i always dealt with it for myself but i never really i guess had to look back and and it's something that's come up again is because i end up having to be i relate very much so to the person in this song because you know my my father never hit us um not in any inappropriate but like we were abused and like I, I was thrown to the ground. And when I was 13, my dad got addicted to the pain pills that he was prescribed because he was crushed by uh, a washer and dryer while he was working. Um, and uh, they over prescribed him and he got addicted. Um, and as a 13 year old kid, I had to stop him from doing things that would harm himself and uh my family and myself and and then things continue to boil and and he's never been the same since um uh, there's a whole long story there and you know some of that stuff has resurfaced and and re-shown up in in recent years and so like you're having to re-deal with these kind of things um and so this next song is has become one of my favorite mountain goat songs because it's really it's very relatable and it's talking about the kind of trauma that I'm having to reprocess and, and try to set boundaries with and deal with healthily in, in my way so that I can also assume this role that people want me to, where I'm the one having to deal with it because like it or not, he listens to me and only me, which is obnoxious. So <laughs> yeah, I, I expected with you guys that this episode was going to be, much much different i didn't feel because most of the time that we get together it is you mm. know light light-hearted and we're just like laughing and joking with each other i had no idea that it was going to to be this real but i do hope that this is like cathartic that being able to be this raw and and to talk about it is actually helping you david i definitely appreciate you speaking about this and, and you know being so raw and honest and vulnerable and i super appreciate it and i know a lot of our listeners will as well that's why music has that. been my therapy since i was little uh like i've always had a song for every thing um so when when mountain goats came up i knew we couldn't not talk about this next song so Dude, okay. I, just, I, just, I just want to say I'm loving it because you're showing a, a real deep side of you, man. And I know that uh, I tell Eric I love him all the time, but like I feel like you're becoming a friend of mine. And I'm going to start saying I love you guys a lot, lot more because it's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. very nice and touching because I'm like, oh, my Metallica song has got some deep meanings. I was with Eric. I had a thought of how this was going to go. And here I am just like, shut up and listen to the story. It's a good story. <laughs> it's a great story. Like it's it's like I'm learning about you and it's it. I love you guys. I love you guys. Thank you. Hell yeah. You know, love you love too. You too. <laughs> should we should we dive into the song now? Yeah, let's listen yeah, to yeah, the yeah, let's go. before I start crying. <laughs> chances fall in your lap like that you gotta recognize them for what they really are nobody in this house wants to own up to the truth 
I crawl in shotgun and reach into his mouth. Grab hold of one long, sharp tooth and hold on. For dear life, I hold on. Where Corsi wakes up, his paw hits the horn. Rushes out to the driveway My sister too Everyone's screaming I am Dreaming of you I hold on For dear life I hold on teeth that was wow. uh, yeah that was powerful my man yeah yeah that uh that song means a lot to me um and uh i have a story that connects to every imagery that he uses and i man <laughs> it's I'm, uh whew. i'm curious uh if i can ask when, when he's when he says i'm dreaming of you is that him dreaming of Kathy was it from previous? Uh so probably not. So that that song is actually a like a, he uh, John Darnell described it as a recurring revenge fantasy that yeah. he had like growing up with his stepfather. Okay. I take it to mean it's it's literally uh it, it, when you're in these types of situations, it's not uncommon to have those dreams where you push them in a volcano down the stairs, come up behind them with a the kitchen knife, whatever is your brain thinks is uh, 
feasible and you generally tend in my experience tend to have it over and over and over again um and that to me that's what this is talking about yeah i I think that was the intention i think the you there is his stepfather yeah Mm -hmm. okay okay god damn (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I, sorry, yeah, sorry I, look, I don't mean to bring it down. It's just, this, is, this, is, this is raw. This is real. Yeah, yeah for it's, sure. It's good. It's just, I, I don't know what to, like, I just want to be like, because it, it's kind of like when, uh, and, and I don't know if this like can relate in any way, shape, or form, but when people are like, thank you for your service, I'm like, don't ever thank me. I didn't like, right. I, I hate that. And when people are like, man, I'm sorry you went through that. Or like, I can't even imagine how you would feel at some, some people I would think they don't want to hear that. They just want to be like, dude dope <laughs> you know like i don't right. yeah I don't, like i don't know what is the appropriate thing to say in that moment I, other than the song was good <laughs> yeah, no, I, right. I get it there's there's not much i mean the the fact of the reality is is the more you process the trauma and the more you process the things and your feelings with it you have to accept the fact that people are going to say that That, that's part of processing it Mm -hmm. um and when you instead just try to like shelve it and stuff it down then when it comes back up you're gonna actually it's gonna be worse um because then you start beating yourself up and and then you wonder did i go far enough could i have Mm -hmm. stopped xyz when it happens again and that's kind of the position i'm in right now is like you know things have happened things have come out and like you know you wonder okay like if I'd have just been able to hold on, if I'd have just been able, you know, if I hadn't have gotten so nervous, if I hadn't have been able to be overpowered, like what could I have stopped? And then you, you go to a dark place where you start blaming yourself for all the things that the abuser did to the people after you, at least if you're anything like me. Um, And I think that's fairly common. Yeah, Yeah. for for sure. Um, and it's easier said than done like oh well you don't do that you know you shouldn't do that because it's not your fault it never was your fault but i mean that's just it's it's human nature to always kind of like turn it back inwards to to wonder and to have those questions and you know talking about this yeah again i just i I appreciate how much you you are just being you know you know vulnerable and and being real with us but it's just like yeah for jared's standpoint it's like i don't know what to say like like you, you don't i mean because you, you, I mean, you don't want to like belittle anything yeah. and, and you don't want to like certainly like say the wrong thing and you know and uh and like cheapen the meaning that you have behind it it's just like yeah it's it's a good song and i like it you no 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 no. look if you think it's dog shit shit on it i don't know you guys are not gonna be able to change my impression of it um but all right what's your what's your question jared okay for the next song like i've been staring at this for the last like two hours now rain in soho from the album Uh goths that's yeah. like it's it's like okay how much more emo can we get here but why is it raining like you know I don't, like i'm hey. kind of curious <laughs> if there's any like crazy little snippets or something about it man uh so no actually kind of the opposite that's actually kind of a uh that's sort of a buffer uh because a uh, spoiler i the, the the last song we have is very personal emotional one for me uh but the, the, this rain and soha ironically enough actually is sort of just more of a uh, much more fun thing. The, the sort of current thing that the Mountain Goats are doing is they, like a lot of their newer albums, are they like focus in on like a specific pop culture thing and then make an album, like a concept album about it. Uh, they did that in 2015 
uh, with Beat the Champ, which was a professional wrestling uh, album, but which I highly recommend. Then uh, 2017's Goths was like about 80s goth like movement, uh, which John Darnielle was like lived through. That was like his teenage years. So it was like a big thing for him. And then they have an album coming out next month that I'm very excited for that's entirely like based around and inspired by action movies from the 80s and 90s. So <laughs> I did not know that. I'm super happy to hear that. So we'll yeah. hear fr- we'll, we'll hear John's take on whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. Is God, I, I hope so. <laughs> but, uh, it, it is one of the things I really appreciate about the Mountain Goats is that they're like songwriting is just absurdly diverse like that you have this like super personal stuff like the sunset tree and then you have like i think this thing's neat so i'm gonna write a bunch of songs about you know professional wrestling i'm, I'm gonna write a love song to chavo guerrero yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds a lot like how i pick topics like i'll just be reading through that i'm like oh that's cool Hey, do you guys want to come on a podcast? Like, that's literally how I find my guests. I'm like, that's cool. Let's talk to you. And they're like, yeah, sure. Why not, man? It's like, all right, I. Well, when, <laughs> when you're super prolific like he is, and when you ha- are coming out with albums so frequently, it's like, yeah, you have to be a little bit diverse in the topics. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't possibly be autobiographical for every single one. Like, th- there would be nothing left to give at that point. You know, it's like. Right. <laughs> So you got to vary it up with some of the topics. And so we get <laughs> things like this, like mentioning of D.B. Cooper. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm ready to hear it rain in Soho if you guys are. It's such a good yeah. song. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let's hit it. Castle Keep. 
David, you're being very Christ-like there at the end. I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> not where I was going with that at all. Oh, that was it not? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. You guys have still got 20 seconds left. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. The outro of the song is forever. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I didn't. I didn't have uh, something planned here at the very end, but it's okay. It's okay. Okay, there. It is now officially over. So, all right. We we can we can continue the conver the conversing, guys. We gotta let the music play out. Okay. Come on now. How unprofessional, Eric. I know, God. right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I. <laughs> You, you you ruined it. You ruined it, man. Uh, let's just scrap the whole thing. Yeah, that's right. Throw it all away. All of the emotional baggage right in the trash. <laughs> See, I was I was hoping because usually there's that natural lull, and I'm like, we're at like two hours and fifteen minutes here, kids, and I'm like, I'm worried about OBS doing its weird thing, so I'm gonna stop the recording and then start it and be like, all right, there's that weird lull, and then all of a sudden you kick it in. I'm like, ah ruined my, I can't do what I want to do damn it so you know what? fine break right here like shut it off mid me talking <laughs> alright alright pretty sure I missed a little bit there but part two here we are fellas <laughs> yeah like I would just I just get worried because like when I would do uh, some of the earlier recordings, I'd record for like five hours, and I'm just like, that's a lot of data. And I'm like, what if it gets corrupted? Because like I'm at my girlfriend's place today because my internet's been shit. And I'm like, what if one of the cats just pulls out the recording? What if just like they <laughs> oh, hit one no. of the buttons? Because like they love the RGB, and I'm just like, uh -huh. I mean, like I'd rather at least have a partial episode, <laughs> you know? Like, right. And I can be like, yeah. So our producer Jared sucks, and he's fired now. <laughs> and so I had to buy my own computer. <laughs> Jake and David would just blame it on me. It's the Eric curse. Yeah, it's the Eric curse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Lasted. It's existed way longer than this. Yeah, Jared yeah. curse. Oh. Uh, well, okay, we're 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 back. It's fresh. We're we're very low CPU usage, and we're we're back again. So, all right. <laughs> all right. You want to talk about some misheard lyrics? Oh, do tell. When when this launched, I thought that it it changed the song for me because I thought. Instead of saying the river goes where the water flows, but no one knows when the bat cave closed. Mm -hmm. I thought that second line in that in that chorus was, but no one knows where the bag man goes. And so, like, <laughs> I thought they're talking about, like, this, like, highwayman or something. And, like, I was like, this song is confusing. <laughs> and then I looked up the lyrics and I went, oh. <laughs> oh yes, it's much. It makes much more sense with the Batcave closing. Well, it, it does if you do more research. <laughs> so, the the Batcave was like the biggest like goth nightclub, like ever, uh, and it was oh, no. in Soho. Uh, tense rain in Soho. The entire song is about like that club closing as sort of a metaphor uh -huh. for like the like main like goth music movement dying, which is what the entire album is about. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's not like Batman Batcave, which I initially <laughs> thought the song was yes. about. <laughs> 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 
Batman's I was like, I, I guess Batman's kind of goth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gotham is is is, after, is technically Soho. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no wonder they're cool with destruction. Like, oh no, it was just another sinkhole that you know California is destroying itself. <laughs> California, Soho, California, right? No, New York. Uh, oh, you know what? Also, right. also wrong. All right, London. I'm just gonna leave now, guys. London. Guys. There you go. <laughs> I'm, There's a Soho are, in New York, is there not? Uh, there might be. The one, the one in question is definitely in England, though. Well, it's in I, I'm pretty sure that New York just like copied all of London's because I know that there's a Chelsea in London, just like there's a Chelsea in New York, and I thought that there for sure that there was a Soho. Yeah, yeah. In yeah New there, York. there is. There is. You're right. Aha! Aha! Okay. Uh, okay, uh, Eric. <laughs> but the real Soho is in Westminster. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a Soho House West in, in, in West Hollywood. It's got a four and a half star rating, so that's always good. It counts. <laughs> I was technically correct. I'll that's the kind. <laughs> Jake will agree. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like that, that bat cave closed. Like that, like even without the mysterious lyrics, like I was just like, what the, what is the bat cave? Like. You just it goes to Wayne Manor, right? Like that's where it technically closes, <laughs> or doesn't it close because of the rainfall? Whichever one you're in, like I don't get it. <laughs> uh, understandable. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like if you play the Arkham Asylum game, didn't he also had that like he had that alternative Batcave that was on Arkham Island? So I mean that you could say that other there's another Batcave, so it wow, could have closed and. He, for a, a game from like the two, uh, 2000s <laughs> what was it 2008 or something i think <laughs> this is not even close to music at all fellas <laughs> this is what we do this is what we do well, you know wait that. will that be the next season is just video games <laughs> i think the next season is just the four of us just have to get on here and just talk about random shit i'm fine with that every episode <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what are we rounding out the Mountain Goats with? Uh, so we're rounding it out with Splint... I can't talk. Spent Gladiator 2, which comes from 2012's Transcendental Youth. Okay, did you want to get into why this was so personal to you or not until it was over? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. Okay. So is it... <laughs> I have a feeling it... we'll both have things to say. <laughs> Is it Amy, a.k.a. Spent Gladiator 1? Is that the No, the no, no, it's Spent Gladiator 2. Oh, Spent Gladiator. Off okay. the same note, yes. I looked up the wrong lyrics then. Whoops. All right. And... Like a village on the step 
about to get collectivized When the men emerge with rifles from the haystack Everybody looks surprised Like the mice in the forgotten grain Way up on the top shelf Like someone who's found a small town to escape to Keeps one eye on his abandoned former self Stay in the game Just try to play through the pain Like a fighter who's been told it's finally time For him to quit Show up in shining colors And then stand there and get hit Like the clock that ticks in Dresden Like the nagging flash of insight You're always desperate to avoid Like the bloody knuckle gunman Still stationed at the breach Like that board game with the sliders And the children on the beach Stay alive Maybe spit some blood at the camera Just stay Gladiator 2. Yeah. So, uh, when we're like choosing songs for this, uh, like my method was to like go through every album and just sort of choose my favorite, which for, for most of them was like pretty easy. But this album in particular, Transcendental Youth, is very important to me. Uh, sort of coincidentally, just based on it coming out in 2012, uh, which was like me going into my third year of college, which was uh, probably like the worst couple years of my life. Uh, as I uh, had been diagnosed, but uh, couldn't like do anything about uh, social uh, anxiety disorder. Uh, like I, I didn't have the money to like continue therapy or like get any sort of treatment or anything like that. And uh, on top of that, my parents had just gotten divorced and my dad, who is like a longtime alcoholic and has a ton of mental health issues. He's schizophrenic, uh, bipolar, and a couple other things. And has like attempted suicide in the past kind of got dumped on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because, uh, like, the entire family sort of knew, like, he couldn't go off on his own. And uh, the, the, the sort of solution is because I was, you know, a broke college student. It was also, like, a, you know, help to me to, to like, live with him as opposed to, like, living on campus. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, on top of all the other stuff, I had been fucked over by my college's uh, financial aid department. So I had lost my, like, full ride scholarship to school. Wow. Uh, well, like I, I could still, I still had enough scholarships to go, but I w wasn't able to like, you know, live in the dorms and uh, like pay for anything else that I might need. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and this album, like, is very focused on, oh, like, as you can, you know, tell from just the, the, the only, like, repeated line in the entire song being Stay Alive. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it is kind of just an album about, like, persevering through, like, mental health stuff and, like, suicidal thoughts, which I was definitely having at the time, uh, and stuff like that. So uh, th- th- this is sort of the song that I chose uh, but that, that entire album is like anytime I listen to it, my favorite song changes just sort of depending on my mood. This just happened to be the one that I liked the most this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does have a very powerful message behind it, you know, just say alive. I think that's just like what we were talking about with uh, Fade to Black with Metallica. I think that's just more synergy. It's like it's a maybe a little bit of a downtrodden song, but it also still has that, you know, glimmer of hope at the end, you know, just. Just stay alive. Just keep breathing. Just keep moving forward, and hopefully things get better. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, my man. That that I uh, yeah like with with Eric was saying. Now I have to change my ratings because like <laughs> when, when something comes from that much power, I'm just like, well, all right, cool. That's that that that's uh, like all right, like because it's it's so interesting as as humans we can like feel empathy and we can. We can live with it, and like the the song just radiates more. You're just like, well, I, okay, yeah, no, okay, and like yep. e- even though it's it's very sad, and uh, again, it's very personal. Like just still, just being able to live through a song, and I like how you said it just changes with each each time you listen through because your mood. But like for you to throw that on here, like dude, damn, <laughs> like it makes a lot more sense now. So absolutely. Yes, this is, a, again, this has a, been a very kind of different uh, iteration than what I, I thought it was going to be. But uh, I, I, yeah. can't, I can't thank you guys enough for agreeing to do this and for being so you know, real and, and personal. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. I, I think people will really appreciate that. And, you know, it's a, a peek behind the curtain. And, you know, hopefully hearing that stuff will let people know that they're not alone and it's it's great and, and finding I, fi- finding me- meaning in music is key like whatever you've got to do find find something um it, this was the third indie band that jake got me to listen to um <laughs> he introduced me to the decemberists and then the shins and then the mountain goats and um when he introduced me to the mountain goats i this and uh a song called broom people were the first two that i actually listened to um and he gave this song came across my pandora shortly after actually a time when that it's a whole long story but basically um i was accused of stealing five thousand dollars from the place that i worked um because i was a kid um, I was 17. Um, and long story short, um, they kind of railroaded me. They fired me. They didn't press charges because they didn't have enough evidence because I didn't fucking do it. Um, and it came out later, much, much, much later that uh, the loss prevention person was setting kids up like younger kids and stealing money and then setting up because they fired like five other kids uh, mm-hmm. after me before they caught her. We never did. They never did set the record straight. 
That's why I cackled as Sears burned to the ground as a company. But uh, um, but uh, like, so when I mentioned there were shitty circumstances that caused me to move down south, that's kind of what it was. Because this first line where it's talking about uh, counting on his remaining limbs, all the people he can trust. Um, yeah. Part of the reason why I got railroaded and screwed over is uh, three people who I worked with who were my friends. Like I hung out at their house like I'd known them for years and years and years. They went in there and they used the fact that I had just pulled out a personal loan, which doesn't make any damn sense. Um but they don't know my personal finances. I had to pull out a personal loan to rebuild the engine in my truck because it was the only transportation I had and I had no credit. I was 17 uh, and my parents didn't have any credit either. They'd just gone through bankruptcy. So I had to pull out a personal loan to fix my truck. And uh, yeah, three of them went in and basically said that, yeah, I had to have stolen the money because uh, I just rebuilt my, and these are people who were like, these were like the only friends I had left because fucking Jake had had gone like he said he was in in school at this point um my brother was off in the air force um everyone else had kind of scattered so these were like my last and then my last person that I knew and what kind of broke the camels this kind of broke everything uh was the day Jake's dad called me and uh the same day that he called me my other friends who didn't work for the company were like well did you do it like, fuck you. You don't know me enough by now to know that I didn't. And then and then uh, his dad called and his, Jake's dad has this weird thing of like, I don't know, believe it or not. But he has perfect timing sometimes when it comes to talking to me. Call it God. Call it whatever you want to call it. And he calls me up and he says, hey, Bean, God told me to call you. He said, you're going through some shit and that it's OK to just change things up. And that was the sentence he said to me. And uh, right then I made the decision that I was going to move to Missouri and uh, which is where my now wife was living at the time. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. So um, you and I, I blame Jake. Oh, sorry. I, I'm <laughs> no, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, you and I have very different ideas of how Missouri is a good, good state. Cause I think Missouri is a garbage <laughs> state. Oh no, <laughs> it is. Oh no, it okay, is. Okay. Oh, yeah, he didn't yeah, stay yeah. there. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but he did meet his wife and he has two wonderful children. That's true. That's yeah. True. And you well, went to school there, right? So, I mean, yeah, I did finish degree. my, I did finish my degree there. Yeah. So it wasn't all bad. But he did get out. So <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the 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 little bit that I spent in Missouri was uh, was greatness, followed by just a lot of sheer pain and anger. And uh, I will I will forever uh, I will forever cherish uh, the fact that I almost well I could have pulled the prank on somebody there. Uh, you know those like order the test tubes full of like really really fine glitter. I was oh, yeah. like, this close to sending it to somebody's house just because she pissed me off that much. But I was like, ah, I shouldn't be that much of a dick. But yeah, she, uh, yeah. Missouri is a very special place in my heart to avoid at all costs. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Uh, well, so now, do, do you guys have anything to, to wrap up the Mountain Goats or... Uh, but one little thing on uh, that, that last song, I, I do think, I think the entire reason it was my favorite this time around is that uh, image of the, like, old boxer, well, like, being, you know, quote-unquote paid to, to stand there and get hit, like, yes. immediately evoked the, the fucked-up Avenger Holyfield fight, <laughs> like, recently, that really fucking bummed me out as a, like, huge boxing fan, mm -hmm. and, uh... 
I do think like weirdly elevated the song because I have like a, a very specific mental image instead of like a, you know, conceptual one now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. That's all right. I, dude, I never thought of that. But the minute you say that, that's perfect imaging. God, it's like that South Park episode. No, Stanley, that's not how we're remembering this. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, so well, I, I don't know how to follow your guys' selections with uh. Told you you should have gone uh, first, I, you sell out. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking, yeah, I, Eric? I, I, <laughs> I thought we were gonna round it out with some nice calming kind of like shoegaze music. Uh but if anything, this might be the happiest music that we hear. <laughs> it, it better be. I've headbanged, gotten angry. I've been wanting to cry for like the last 20 minutes. And well, now I, I don't know that this happy. is going to make it any better. Um, I just said that this is the happier music. <laughs> Not that it's happy music. So. Okay, so Jared, you're saying that you haven't, you didn't listen to any of this stuff then, huh? No, so this no, would I be haven't. your first, and you have no affiliation with Mazzy Star whatsoever. I've never heard of Mazzy Star. I've okay. never heard of the Mountain Goats. Usually when I come into the year episodes and you give me the songs, I have legitimately never heard like anybody's anything. So like to me it's all brand new, which is the best way that I can get good ratings. Okay. That's that's really cool. I, yeah. I do appreciate that. that. Okay. So Mazzy Star is an American alternative rock band formed in nineteen eighty eight in Santa Monica, California, from remnants of the group Opal. Founding member Dave Roback's friend Hope Sandoval became the group's vocalist when Kendra Smith left Opal. Mazzy Star is best known for the song Fade Into You, which brought the band some success in the mid-1990s and was the group's biggest mainstream hit, earning extensive exposure on MTV, VH1, and Radio Airplay. Roback and Sandoval were the creative center of the band, with Sandoval as the lyricist and Roback as composer of the majority of the band's material until his death in Los Angeles on February 24, 2020, from metastatic cancer. The band's most recent studio album, Seasons of Your Day, was released in 2013, followed by the EP Still in 2018. Uh, this is a band that really largely flew under the radar. Like, and I, I brought up Tommy earlier with regards to introducing me to Marilyn Manson, and we're talking about like eclectic styles and music. He also introduced me to Mazzy Star. The very first song that we're going to be listening to is I, I went in uh, release order. Um, again, so this is kind of like through their discography. The first song that I ever heard was not their most popular one. It is this first song that we're going to be listening to, uh, Allah. And let's give that a whirl now that David is back and can enjoy. So here's Allah. Well, I think I see another side, maybe.
Music has that, just that powerful, nostalgic thing where it could just put you in a certain place and time. And for that, like I, hearing that song for the millionth time still makes me think of the first time I heard it on, like I had like the, the college experiences essentially in the military before a college experience, you know, like living in the barracks, it was like a two room or a two uh, person room that I shared with this guy, Tommy. And we tricked it out like it was, you know, a, a college dorm, you know, like we were the envy of everybody that was in the barracks. We had like the stereo system and just you know, posters everywhere. It was like we were having the college experience, like be damned, you know, that we were in the military. We had the hot plate that we weren't supposed to have. We had all kinds of shit, you know, and uh, like, he threw this CD on, on that, that system. And we were just like laying there in our respective beds, just vegging out to, and again, this is the same guy that introduced me to, to, to Marilyn Manson and, and shellac and uh, like all kinds of different weird bands because he had just a really eclectic taste in music as well. And he's like, this is, you know, this will make you chill. Like this will kind of get you in the, the mindset to just kind of like veg. And I, I can still, I'm like instantly put back there. And this song, it's kind of like super depressing, but again, it also has that, the thing that I love where it's kind of downtrodden, but it also is hopeful a little bit. It's just like, okay, I, I love you, but it's kind of unrequited. And so I'm, I know that it's not good for me. So I'm over you, but yet still come back as soon as you can, you know, it's like, uh, so what did you guys think of this song? I can't get over the name. Uh, and, and not in a bad way. Uh, some of my old school nerds gonna come out here. Um, the name Hala uh, of this song is uh, both uh, very prevalent in Arabic and Hebrew, uh, and it's actually the name of the area where the uh, Assyrian kings uh, would take uh, the Israel, the captive Israelites, um, as well as it's also a common female name uh in arabic uh which means uh nimble or easily movable um so it's it's interesting and i'm curious how much of like the meaning of this word influenced them choosing it for this um 
Because that's, man, that's something I, I don't know a whole lot of people that talk about that or know that. I wonder if there's no connection at all or if these guys even knew like what this word means. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, she doesn't have like a really stringent. I mean, it, she dropped out of high school. I, I don't think that she ever pursued in, any kind of further education. But I mean, she is like incredibly. She's really shy and kind of like aloof uh, with the press and everything. She's kind of like, yeah, just like the band has. Like a lot of the reason that they haven't had a lot of success is just because she is so kind of shy and, and downspoken. But the interviews that she has granted to people, like you can tell that she furthered education on her own. Like she is really, you know, knowledgeable and, and well-read and everything. And I think knows like a diverse amount of information. And so I wouldn't be surprised if she was familiar with that because her heritage, she's like Mexican-American. So she, it's not like she's, you know, Assyrian or, you know, like Israeli or anything <laughs> like that. We have that kind of connection, but I'm sure it was a conscious thing, not just like, oh, I like the way that this sounds. I think that she probably knew. Is it? Isn't hala how you like supposed to cook things in, in like the Jewish like? No, you're thinking of uh, the Aramaic halal, uh, which okay. isn't just for cooking. Uh, with Jews, it's kosher uh, or oh, kashrut. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. <laughs> cool. I didn't. For... <laughs> I went to college, guys. <laughs> uh, this is close. This word is closest to a type of Jewish bread called that is also hala, but it's got more of a hala. To it, and then Flemmy. this is a That's lighter. What you yeah, yeah. The, the phlegm that you spit up when you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Listen, little... My Hebrew enunciation is awful, and all the Arabic people listening to this are going, "What the fuck was that?" Uh, so yeah, um... I, I like I like this song. Like it's it's you're right. It like it is like super super vibey. Like I was gonna make a joke about you being navy and living in a two bedroom you know place where if you would have joined the correct military you would have had the room to yourself. But you know just kind of <laughs> just kind of like I don't know like I can. I, but then you're like yeah it's really chill and vibe. I was like okay yeah like this is like really chill and vibe because like uh, I I've been smelling what I think is a skunk that's been wandering by here and it's been annoying the crap out of me and like it was just kind of that background chill music I was like yeah I smell the skunk it's not too bad but like I I prefer be gone I used to skunk I think it's maybe something else there <laughs> no 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 this is this is very much not that stuff I, I know the difference between bunk weed and and actual actual skunk. Cause like uh, Sarah lives, she lives like right next to like real wooded areas. Like I take up, we take like a five minute walk, and we're actually in the woods. So well, I was just, I was gonna encourage you to you know like go out there and take a real big whiff, and then come back in and listen. No, to no, no, no. I go out there, I take a whiff. I might, I might lose my carrot cake, and I'd prefer to continue to do this podcast. <laughs> so. Same. We definitely want uh, to have Jake 100%. David. You have anything more on this one, or should we move on uh, to the next? Yes, I I really liked it. They they remind me a lot of uh, I don't know if you know them, but the Cowboy Junkies. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. They're, yeah. Well, let's listen to them because I did the same thing I did last time, where I listened to everything except the songs that you chose, <laughs> okay. which was which was pretty easy for these guys. But uh, but yeah, it it, it felt like. That thing where you have a band that you love and you're like, man, I wish they had like all of this new music, you know, 
you know, still felt the same, but was new. This felt like that for the Cowboy Junkies for me. <laughs> like this feels like it's the same band, just like from an alternate timeline. Yeah. It's great. That, that's a really good, that's a good comp. This is like a, the perfect band. Well, I have told you before, like, I mean, you guys have heard me say it. Like I'm the worst fan of music that there could possibly be, because this is almost like a, the perfect iteration for a group. It's like, they're not going to be making any more music because the, the guy's dead, you know? So um, they had like their five albums and the EP and it's like, and that's it. So it's like, I can enjoy that music and never have to worry about more. Like she does have a side project that I haven't really delved into. So I'm going to start um, trying to uh, listen to more of that because I, I absolutely love Hope Sandoval's voice and, and just her like lyric writing and just the delivery and everything. So uh, now I guess I can, you know, listen to Hope Sandoval and the warm intentions and uh, get the same kind of vibe, but it still won't ever be the same as, as Mazzy Star. This next one is uh, the most popular song. You guys have no doubt heard this at some point in time before, be it in a movie or a television show. Um, because if they are known for anything, it's this next song. This is Fade Into You.
Okay, that, that one is from the second studio album, So Tonight That I Might See. It's from 1993, written by Hope Sandoval and David Roback. Uh, Roback also served as the producer. This uh, definitely was their most popular and commercially successful song. It reached number three on the U.S. Billboard Modern Rock Tracks in 94, and it's the only single to appear on the Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number 44. It also charted at 48 on the UK singles chart and number three in Iceland. In 2021, Rolling Stone magazine ranked it number 468 on the top 500 best songs of all time. Uh, our Culture Mag did a deep dive article into the song, which is a really incredible read. Um, I'll include that in the show notes. Uh, yes, you were going to say something, Jared. Yeah, I have a question. You said it was top five monrock top three monrock uh it was number three on the modern rock tracks yes in 94. all right i'm a little sad that that's considered modern rock but okay <laughs> like that that's, that's very <laughs> chill vibes though like this is some <laughs> this is that lo-fi hip-hop music that you listen to in the background while you're studying or something like you I feel like I'm at that old party back in high school where you're, you and your friends are just, you're talking. It's like two in the morning. You've got that fizzy Mountain Dew high and you're just chilling with the friends and you're kind of getting close to that girl you thought was cute. You're talking. It's going real good. Yeah, I'm fading into you real hardcore, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, so, Nicole was, Zamron. Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead, David. I, I was going to say, on. I feel so bad that my introduction to Mazzy Star, because I've never heard of them, never heard any of these songs, was tied to the Mountain Goats and Metallica. <laughs> because it's just not fair. Because I really feel like I would really enjoy this. And I like this music. 
but like it, it's a good thing we don't have to compare the three together because <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we're not we're not ranking them as to what artists you like I, the best it's the, right the <laughs> i just wish that i had heard mazzy star like i wish i hadn't listened to the uh playlist that you created um mm-hmm. first for them i wish i'd have gone off and listened to them separate because i really like the style of music i really th- this is good i enjoy it um but when you go from something that's like super nostalgic and meaningful in your past, like literally when I listened to this, I went from sad but true to this song. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, this, this is cool, but I am not in the mood to listen one to this One of these right things, <laughs> not like the other. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, well David, you have heard Mazzy Star, though. I have? Yes. Because when I immediately recognized that song, this will shock you, David. I found a Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, connection. They, they were in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They're one of the bands that like actually played on the show. <laughs> yep. uh, also, uh, you'll be hearing more of this. Uh, you guys, I'm sure, are going to cover Lord of War starring Nicolas Cage for the Uncaged podcast. Um, At some point. That uh, also has Fade Into You in there, as well as Starship Troopers. I don't remember it in there, but it was in there. Uh, Angus, it was in. Uh, Guy Ritchie's movie from 2002, Swept Away, it was in that. It was in Burlesque with uh, Cher and Christina Aguilera. It was also in the 2012 films End of Watch and Chasing Mavericks. And then Buffy, as you had mentioned, and a whole crap load of other TV shows. Cold Case, Gilmore Girls, Desperate Housewives, Alias, CSI New York. Fringe, Daria, The Following, Yellow Jackets. It's been in a lot. So, I I got one bar into that song and went, "Oh, I've heard this. It plays a Buffy in the song. episode where Buffy and Angel break up." <laughs> but I knew like the beginning was super familiar, and I was like, "Oh, I've heard this before." But then it, it the lyrics start, and I was like, "Oh, I've never heard this." So I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I when just thought say, I was confusing it. When you say end of watch, that's a 2012 movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yes. Yeah. It's that is there. the only one I rem- like. Uh, that is the only reference that I've gotten that it's been in, <laughs> and it was only because I took a random chance because in the title of End of Watch, that one of them has a gold AK, and I was like, I'll give this weird buddy cop movie a shot. <laughs> And that's no, the yeah. only way I remember fading <laughs> to you. Now that I, I remember, I remember that song. <laughs> All right. Uh, next on the docket is from that same album. It uh, There's a lot that I could have chose. Uh, but Blue Light, I don't know. I just, I, I really, really like it. Um, I, we'll get more into it afterwards. Let's just <laughs> give it a listen. I hope you guys like it as well.
Okay, so Provola from songmeanings.com had this to say uh, in description, quote, this is a beautifully mysterious song, but for me the basic takeaway is a feeling of yearning and connection to all of humanity and to the world we live in. The blue light in the best friend's room could just be the glow of a TV reflected in his eyes, though as the pulsating glow of the song itself, it also represents the power of the universe running through us. This singer is sharing a sensation, one many of us often feel, of being disembodied, sailing, floating, seeing the world as pure energy. This isn't cold. Rather, she's filled with a kind of serene joy and is trying to share the experience with us. This song is a beautiful, open-ended expression of an almost spiritual love for a blue-lit world and a flaming heart swimming within it. End quote. I thought that was a pretty good uh, write-up. Very poetic and ascribing meaning. Jared's shaking his head. He doesn't buy that at all. What? No. What have you got to say? What? No. She. She is. She is seventeen in her boyfriend's bedroom late at night. The parents are gone. She is deeply, deeply in love with him. Yeah. The blue light may be a TV. Nope. That's his. That's supposed to be a black light that he bought on the black market that is actually a blue light <laughs> and he's trying to play it off now they're vibing to this music in the background and she's about to risk it all for the bitch that's super because, meta the, the, yeah. she's listening to her own music <laughs> she's listening to her own music she's either about to bang one out herself to a memory of an old boyfriend or wow. this is her losing it that's all I mean, i'm saying i i, I heard <laughs> uh, I heard that Mariah Carey got down to her own music, so I mean, you're saying that Massey Starry took a page out of that book. This, I this can is... never unhear that theory, and I love it. <laughs> right? This is 100, 100% her reminiscing about an old boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever she's into, and she's about to either bang one out or this is all about her losing her V-card. I, I thought for sure that once we got out of Metallica and Mountain Goats, we weren't going to give David any more trauma. Now we're... <laughs> nope. Oh, my God. You want to ride the trauma train, baby? Let's go, son. Oh, shoot, shoot. <laughs> you did change the standings of this song for me. Uh... <laughs> I'm uh, right there with you, sir. We are adjusting as we go. And right to the top. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty basic, mellow, just chill vibe song. Again, David's uh, points earlier were well taken. I mean, I, I think in context with the other artists that we had and, you know, the kind of the deep meanings that we had ascribed to those things. Maybe this wasn't a, a fair fit, but uh, yeah. Um, it's good music though. Yeah. Why? Well, I'm, I'm glad that you like it. It's so it is, <laughs> but you do now understand why I kind of ended with this, right? Because it's a, like, it's, it's a tapering down kind of thing. Like I, I couldn't imagine us listening to these five songs and then going into <laughs> Like one, you know, like that just it <laughs> wouldn't. <laughs> to David's earlier point, that's just me listening to music. Right. <laughs> one yeah. minute I'm selling drugs like, in the corner with DMX, but, the next minute I'm singing with Mariah Carey, you know? But, yeah. but we're all weird. I think we've established that. Not everybody that listens to the show is going to have the same kind of weird, like. If they've made it this far, I have bad news for them. They're weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's um, and it's only gonna get weirder. Wait till we get to this game. That's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun. But before we do that, we have two more songs from Azzy Star. 
I don't want to tip my hand too much, but this is one that I, this album, I started listening to more just in terms of trying to find more songs to round out the offerings. And this next song has quickly become like one of my real big favorites. I don't know that I'm going to rank it number one, but it's going to be towards the top end of the list. This is Take Everything. Let's give it a whirl.
that's about as rocky as, as Massey Star gets. So, I mean, I, I think it's it starts getting a little pumped towards the end. And this is one that I think could stand to actually be a longer song. Um, I think some of them, like Fade Into You, probably drags on maybe a little bit too long. Take Everything, it feels like it, it kind of ends abruptly. Like right when you're really getting into it, it feels like it could go on for another stanza or something, I think. So I, I love that slide guitar. I It's not something that I like in most music because it's associated mostly with like a country western kind of thing. And most of the time I, I don't really care for it. But it, like with this song, it just fits. And it it's like it slaps. It's weird to say that it, like a Massey Star song slaps because they don't really. But I think like if you're going to get like a rocking offering, this is it. And I, I, I just I love this fucking song. What do you guys yeah, think? That song about? ruled. It was really good. Uh, the lyrics are just vague enough too, uh, to uh, let people kind of really interpret it uh, how they want, but also it leads you to kind of a clear theme, which I like. Um, <laughs> also, I made the mistake of reading some reviews of it real quick, while we're, and uh, people are wrong. <laughs> people are very this, uh, wrong. Yeah. The song, I, I don't think anyone is 100% right on what the meaning of this song is. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's it for them. But, like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's as clear-cut and as dried as people in this freaking poster arguing that it is. Well, David, <laughs> I can clarify it for you. Because uh, apparently Blue Light was 1993, and this one was 1996. So this is a breakup song. From her first love, which was oh Blue Light. God. So, you no, it kind of, it kind of is a breakup song, yeah. maybe. Like, it's, it's... so yeah. Although he already more... took There's... everything. There's slight is... guitar. Of course, it's a breakup song, David. Yeah. I don't think. <laughs> Hang on, though. Hang on, though. I don't think. I don't think this is the breakup song. Not really. I think this is the i realize that i'm trapped in this relationship i don't enjoy anymore song mm. this is pre-breakup jake how do we mute oh. david wow! <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm kidding it's it's like no no like when you read the lyrics like yeah, it like I can now like I'm totally re-seeing that where it's like take everything. What what was uh, where was it? Take everything, fake everything, and then save everything. She's like, you've taken everything from me. You're faking everything in my life, but I I hope that you save everything of mine so that way when I disappear, it, you have something to yeah. remember me by. Yeah, yeah, I can I can get down with that. I I don't like the world that you've created where like those two songs are directly linked where it's just like one's A and one's B and there's no in between. I'm sorry. Not... I like your world, Jared. Thank you. You're you're invited on the feathers and friends, David. The rest of you are not. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I've, I've had you on there. four or five times, Eric, but no more, sir. No more. Mm, Eric's been there first. They're cut man. off. <laughs> You took everything from me, Jay. <laughs> uh, nice. I'm going to get out my slide guitar. All right. <laughs> We're going to round it out with uh, Roseblood. It's from that same album with uh, Take Everything. So it has this kind of similar vein. And it has one of, there's a line in here that I chose it specifically for this. Uh, I can wait a million days because there was a time where I would found myself thinking that I was 
uh, you know, a budding novelist where I was going to make a, uh, a book called A Million Days. And so this, it, it wasn't from this song. I've actually kind of found the song after the, the book, but I was like, that's, that's kismet if I've ever heard it, you know, where kind of two like-minded geniuses like ourselves, me and Hope Sandoval, just, you know, he's in a pod. All right, this is Rose Blood. <laughs>
it's different. Yeah, <laughs> what's I think <laughs> I feel like the instrumentals there made a promise that the lyrics couldn't fulfill. <laughs> um, I don't think the lyrics go with that track. Uh, I loved the instrumentals for that song. But not so much the lyrics? Mm -mm. That's the Mm. dingy, dirty bar that that the superhero drinks (laughs) and is getting tanked because they lost the super fight and they gotta come back to run to. And they meet that goddess that they're about to get it in with. And then she pumps them back up. And next thing you know, endgame. Oh my god! I may or may not be really, really tired right now. (laughs) I love it. I I think we have to do a special episode where it's just nothing but uh, Jared doing Mazzy Star lyric interpretations with. (laughs) That would be great. I'm sorry, but like this this vibe music is just like. It, it's like if you go to YouTube and you're like epic, intense battle music, and like it pulls up, and you're like, "This is from a movie fight scene," like you know, and like you're you're sitting there and you're like in the Walmart checkout line, and it comes on, and you're like, "Yeah, maybe a robber comes in and they point a gun, and I'm the," you know, but like <laughs> internally you're just sitting there with your ho hos and Twinkies, and you're like, oh, "I'm a badass." <laughs> Jesus, I don't know, man. <laughs> Right, I'm sorry. Let's Listen, don't come stuff. for my ho-hos or my Twinkies, <laughs> sir. Okay, Jake, what's your uh, outlandish uh, <laughs> proclamation on this? Uh, see, I, I kind of almost feel the opposite of David. But I, I think the instrumentals were weirdly... I, I think I have an issue with them because it sounds like it should be going into a Jimi Hendrix song, but then there's never the Jimi Hendrix like genius level guitar playing behind right? it. <laughs> that felt very unsatisfying, like musically. Okay. But then, so well, you said the opposite, so that means like you did appreciate yeah, that, the lyrics. I thought the lyrics were, than... Yeah, I, I okay. thought the lyrics were fine. Yeah. All right. I... The lyrics are fine. They just not Didn't with that fit. music. I thought the music overshadowed the lyrics. Like the the music kept it was distracting <laughs> to the point where it was you were paying more attention to what the music was doing and what was going to come next with the music than I did to the lyrics. I was actively listening to them and reading them and I still had to reread them to tell you what the lyrics were. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I can see that. Okay. Um, anybody, anything else to to wrap up Mazzy Star? Or because I mean, we're going to be approaching, I think, four hours all told. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think so, I'm... Uh, let's uh, let's get into the uh, ratings portion. We started out with Metallica, so uh, I think we'll probably leave Jared since it means so much for, to you. We'll leave you for last. So, okay. Jake, David, what's what's your number five? battery uh for whom the belt was okay for me it was battery i I think that i i enjoy the it musically more than like uh fade to black um but uh, i think the the message that was there that you were talking about with fade to black i think means more so 
Yeah, battery at number five. So what about you, Jared? Well, from, you got to go from five to one, so I'm going to start with one. One is my least favorite song on there. It's just okay. It 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 started it, so we gotta we gotta finish somewhere, but you gotta also start somewhere too. So, Cobra, I like all of these songs. <laughs> yeah, but like, one of them has to be number yeah. five. Yeah, yeah. That's, I say that every week, and everyone always tells says that I'm copping out. But here we go. Okay, so what's uh, number four for you guys, Jake? Uh, battery. Okay, David. Uh, number four for me is one. Um, which is insane because I fucking love that song, but it doesn't have it, it, there's still an emotional connection there. And like that song is about a topic that I have a very real connection to. I mean, my father-in-law is a Vietnam veteran. Um, uh, and, but like, I don't know. It, it's just, you, you have to put it somewhere. You can't not rank them. You guys exactly. won't let me rank all of them number one, two, and three. <laughs> right. Uh, I also went with one at number four. I, I do appreciate the military connection, but I mean, I, I actually kind of felt bad for ranking it as low as I did, but seeing as how Jared ranked it at five, I don't feel bad anymore. So what about you, Jared? What's your number four? Number four is Fade to Black. I mean, it's just as much as I would like to put one of their softer-ish songs on the top of the list, there's a reason why Metallica has a special place in my heart, and so it was Fade to Black as, as number four. Okay. Number three, David? Uh, this is Fade to Black for me. I, I love that song. the exact same fucking playlist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake, what have, you, what have you got for three? Uh, I have one for three. That's, <laughs> that doesn't that, make it. It's good, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Jake, Jake, one for three is a great uh, is a, a great scam for the house. Bad sale. Don't do it. <laughs> I mean, thirty three percent ain't bad, but you know, still. <laughs> I, just like David, I uh, selected fade to black. Uh, it saves other people's lives, so it's. Uh, but because of the two that are ranked above it, it's where it's at. So, what say you, Mister Jared? Uh, that that's for whom the bell tolls. It, uh, it's just, you know, like I said when I was flying in the Baghdad, just it it was there and it kind of hit for me, and it was it was one of the most adrenaline filled moments of my entire life. And you know, we're, we're we're getting up in there in those moments, and I'm pretty sure you guys can see the pattern emerging. Um, <laughs> I, I very much put the list in in a very specific order because I. Honestly, if I didn't, I'd probably forget and throw it all to the wind. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, what do we got for number two, Jake? Uh, sad but true. It's a great song. Not not quite number one for me, but close. I hate you. This is a little sad but true, though. You know. So, <laughs> David, I take it that it's not sad but true for you. No, uh, number two is for whom the bell tolls. Uh, I love that song. Plus, it's it's one of the harder songs that I really, really get into. Also, there's just that fun story about that song. But I'll, I'll, mostly it's just like that has always been a go-to, like, make me feel better song. So, uh, so number two, I had uh, Sabbath True. Uh, it, it made my friend who he is today. So, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my my number two is battery. It just 
it, it it's kind of like uh, that Eminem song. It, it's kind of like Eminem. Like it's always going to get me amped up. I just every time I listen to Eminem, I just I get angry. I just I it's what I have to do, you know. And then same thing with Battery. Like I hear Battery, you know, that Spanish guitar. I'm like, yep, we're about to kick it off. And then it you know it, it just bleeds right into it. And you're like, yep, let's go let's go do something. So yeah, it's my number two. All right, David. So why is number one sad but true? Uh, because I remember being a, uh, 13 year old kid and putting this on and, and it was the story of what was going on in my life. I remember associating myself as someone's hate, which is, so that phrase is a very interesting one for me. I remember watching, uh, pill addiction and, and, also slightly with other people in my life at the same time, alcoholism and, and other drugs, like uh, was a very real, very raw time for me. I didn't get to do a whole lot of uh, kid stuff at 13, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Jake. Uh, my number one is fade to black because it's the one that sounds the most like an Iron Maiden song. And <laughs> frankly, you know, Iron Maiden up here, Metallica. <laughs> I I went with for whom the bell tolls because apparently it saved two of my friends' lives. So you guys may not be where you're today, and we would not 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 be having this conversation if not for that song. And so, obviously, gave me a new appreciation for it. I fully appreciate uh, Jake's sentiment for it. I'm putting it at number five because he had to hear it like a billion times during wrestling. It's fair enough. But yeah, that uh, it it jumped several places, several places for me because of your guys' personal connection and your stories to it. So, all right, Jared. I'm I'm sorry, Jake, for for whom the bell tolls. I I do I, I do apologize <laughs> on that. Um, but yeah, no. it's fine. You didn't make me listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just sad but true. There there's only been like a handful of songs that have given me the goosebumps and that can consistently uh fired up by zach wilde like that the first time i ever heard that song it fired me up there are very few songs that can recreate the moment that i heard them and just i I hate to call it this but like the power behind the song it just radiates and that's why sad but true is my number one song good deal all right, Mountain Goats. I guess the, in this case, Jake, David, you guys will have to alternate going last. So, Jared, did you <laughs> want to go first with your number five? Sure. Uh, my number five for the Mountain Goats is uh, Rain in Soho. I just um, – it was it was a good song. It was nice. I enjoyed it. it t- to me, it was just a, a dope song where it's just like, yeah, emo. I was like, all right, that's that, that vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I, Especially considering the personal connection later on, uh, I also went with Rain and Soho, which you guys had said was kind of like the throw in, just like the fun song that didn't really have any kind of like personal meaning, just one that you like. It, it was also like one that you had to do like the research for, like you, like Jake has <laughs> said, like you had to know about, you know, like his goth connection and that there was a club called the Batcave instead of just like, why is this weirdo talking about, you know, <laughs> like Bruce Wayne, like this is just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Rain in Soho 5. So what about you guys? I also have Rain in Soho as my number five. Smart man. I like that song way more than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number five is Fall of the High School Running Back. Okay. 
Fair enough. All right. <laughs> so, Jared, number four? Uh, number four was this year. I think just how appropriate the song was. But then I found out that it came out in 2005. I kind of had to dock points because it was like, bro, 2005 oh wasn't that bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was really, really hoping it was like 2019 or something, you know? And then I yeah. had to, like, disappoint myself and scroll down. So. <laughs> That's the best reason ever to deduct points, and I love it. It is. Like, very. <laughs> Very on brand. Uh, I, went I with connected a... with this song, and then I found out it was from the 80s. This is the problem. <laughs> so... <laughs> At four, I went with Fall of the High... Star High School running back. It, uh, yeah, again, uh, because of the personal connections with the other ones that had to be higher. And it was just like, yeah, lyrically, it, it's it's cool. It's a really short song. It's uh really great because of lyrically how good it was for it being at the beginning of his uh, career uh but it's just a little too lo-fi like you can <laughs> you can hear just like the the cassette oh, yeah. pops uh-huh. and wheezes, which adds to the kind of charm of mm-hmm. it but it's also mm-hmm. just like eh, you're better than this i know what you've done later so <laughs> yeah that's that's firmly a four for me so what do you guys got uh, i have rain in soho one better that that's it listen um i like it a lot more than you guys one better yeah one more i do a lot look i listen subjective i do like it a lot more because had we not done this year and lion's teeth it would have been much higher up on the list um but i can't not put both of those up higher uh rain and soho has probably some of my favorite instrumentals in a mountain goat song um i love the way like take away the lyrics and i love the way that song sounds uh mm-hmm. not that there aren't other amazing songs that they do but i just i could jam out to the instrumentals in that song all day long so fair enough well fall of the high school running back was a uh, my number four uh, I, I agree with eric there's there's some songs where i think the like you know being able to hear the mechanical whir of the, the cassette works, but it is one of those things that, like, listening to those old albums song after song of that gets real old real fast. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right, uh, Mr. Jared, what do you got for number three? My number three was actually Fall of the High School Running Back. I just thought it was a great lyrical story. Like, I can get past all that other stuff. Like, the, the whole story is just, it's it was so like offbeat. It didn't have like, it just, it felt so different that I was just like, it's got like, all right. And then like the title fall, the like you're like, okay, what's in the song. And then it literally, it's just a story of like the fall of the high school running. And you're like, all right. Yeah, it's sense. very on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the weird high school kid, you're a weird high school kid. Everyone's got that weirdness in them. And this, yeah, the movie boy, I know. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's I went, enjoyable. I went with uh, this year at number three. Um, mm. Yeah, it's it started out at number one, but then we heard those other songs and got the stories behind them, and it's just like, all right, yeah, this this is firmly in the middle then for me. 
no uh, points deducted because it was from 2005. <laughs> 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 what have oh. you guys got? Uh, I also have this year at number three. Okay, uh, I have Lion's Teeth at number three. That's it's a great song, but uh, I, was, I was like it a little bit less than the other two we have left. Mm -hmm. Jared, number two. So this was like hard. Like this was very, very hard because like at first between the Lion's Teeth and then Spent Gladiators 2, like you both had that story and like... Yep. I, I if if I have to take away everything else to just solely go I, I like because I don't want to be like well Jacob's story was sadder so you know <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want to do that so it was strictly because of the lyrics that I have to put Spent Gladiator two at the uh, number two it was a nice story I do resonate with the WWF really really big but. Spank Gladiator 2 is my number two, so. I went with Lion's Teeth at number two. Again, it, I agree with those sentiments completely. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I love these guys and, and have loved them for the years that I've known them. And I did not know those stories. And hearing those stories makes me love you guys even more, that, that you were uh, just so willing to share that with with not only me and Jared, but with everybody else that listens. And I, again, I think that there is, uh, that it's very powerful. And I think that will mean something to people. And uh, I just can't thank you guys enough for, for doing that and for being a part of that. And so it was incredibly difficult to choose, you know, one, one story over the other by virtue of like picking a song. But I mean, yeah, Lion's Teeth, incredibly powerful, very moving story. But yeah, the the other one won out for me. Yeah, no, I, it's I get it. Uh, Spend Gladiator Two is my number two. Obviously, um, I've already spoiled it by saying you know Lion Seath is my favorite fucking song right now. Um, yeah, but no, I, I get it, and that's Spent Gladiator is such a good fucking song, and I resonate so strongly with that, and I have so much attached to that too. Like, I. Yeah, you're never gonna hurt my feelings by choosing that. That's a good fucking song. <laughs> yeah, my, my number two is this year, which uh, but the, the the like actual reason we like structured ours the way we did is because we wanted as much separation between this year and uh, spend planning year two as possible because like thematically they're kind of the same song <laughs> so it might be you know kind of unsurprising that you know uh with my obvious favorite being what it is that this is my number two yeah yeah i i had to choose the lion's teeth just as my number one simply because lyrically like it, it's it's a lot of metaphors in there for things that i probably don't understand that are going on but like when he's talking about grabbing the lion's tooth, like, mm -hmm. like I grew up with dogs. I grew up with dogs and a few cats. And I know that like you grab that canine and they're like, oh, it's playtime. And, you know, they get a little shaky head and it's a little, you're like, oh, like if he, you know, uh, I had a, a female dog by the name of Tia. And I was like, oh, if Tia cranks down on this with that canine, I'm, I'm holding on for a dear life. And just it, lyrically, lion's teeth for me just 
the cream of the crop. So, yeah, fair enough. I went uh, with Spent Gladiator Two as my number one. Just a, a powerful message of just keep going. I mean, it, things don't always get better, but you have you have to have that that hope that they do, and you know, just survive. Just keep getting back up every time life kicks you down. Get back up and keep going. Well, Eric, that means well, you go last for Mazzy Star, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, well, well he's yeah. got still after you. I mean, yeah, technically. Look, look <laughs> Lion's Teeth is my favorite. You already heard my story. That's the first time I've ever told it. Like, I've just recently gotten to the point where I'm willing to tell that publicly. So, like, even our our fan base and our patrons and all, they've never heard it either. So, like, this is the first time I've ever – I don't even know if Jake – has heard that and i know that he doesn't know about some of the reasons why um which i could get into specifics but that's not what we're here for uh but uh like there's there's a lot of stuff behind it so i yeah i anyways i love that song and uh i always have an emotional reaction listening to it so yeah yeah then my mind's obviously spent gladiator too again it's it's much more of like that song is sort of the stand-in for that entire album that means a lot to me. But yeah, it's just the deep personal connection. And then also just like, it's just great imagery after like great imagery, which I think is something that the band does really well. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. I okay. I want to recant my one and two and put them together. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> All right. So Mazzy Star. Well, you guys fight for who goes first. I'll go first. Five. I'll get yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number five is Hala for me. I it, It's a good song, but um, yeah, it, it, you shake your head. And, um, <laughs> but I have listened to it several times. And it's one of those that I enjoy while listening to, but I don't. It doesn't leave an impression. So I, based off of that, I put it at five. Okay. Oh, okay. that's wrong. <laughs> Ro Rose wrong Blood way? is number five. Uh, but because, again, like if you're going to do the like distorted guitar, like lead up, <laughs> fucking have something satisfying <laughs> at, at the end to make that worth it. Otherwise, it's all built up for no payoff. <laughs> I 100% agree with you, Jake, but I'll explain later why I ranked it where I did. <laughs> I mean, Jared? I, I like Fade Into You, um, and, and, you know, there's got to be a number five, and I just think Fade Into You was about correct. It just fades into you and then fades out, and it doesn't really touch, but it's... <laughs> It like it's because it's that chill vibe song where you don't <laughs> notice the transitions into the songs, and I like that about Mazzy Star. I do like I like that where yeah. you just you're five albums deep and you're like I'm five albums deep, like it's but yeah it just well know. I hope that means that you guys will just be adding these Mazzy Star to your repertoire and to the rotation because they definitely are worthy, especially. When, when, when you want to have that uh, that chill kind of thing, just you know, relax and just veg out. Mazzy Star is the perfect soundtrack <laughs> to that. My number five was actually Blue Light. Um, I should have ranked it higher based on Jared's lyrical interpretation of it, but <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't consider it. Um, but I I had it uh, firmly in ink. Um, 
Blue Light, it was, yeah, probably not even my second favorite song from that album. It just, I felt like with the other collections of songs that I cultivated, that it was a, a good fit. That whole album is just, moi, chef's kiss. And Blue Light is certainly a really good song, but for me, it was, yeah, firmly number five. So number four. Uh, this is where I put Roseblood and it only ranks at number four instead of number five because at the very least this song makes me interested and a little upset which is <laughs> at least feeling something whereas the other one was forgettable which is why it's number four I agree with Jake it feels like there's no payoff um, I think it's because of the lyrics personally but it's whatever um, also there is something a little missing in the it would have been better to be just like as an instrumental jam session than anything else. But anyways, that's my number four. Okay. Uh, I pl put blue light at number four. Uh, probably would have been my number five, but uh, Jared helped us out with his interpretation, made the song better. <laughs> Pumped it up a spot. I I went with Hala uh, just because, like Eric, it was a compliment to Mazzy Star. Okay, uh, it was a compliment about. I'm not in the band, Jared. Like I you know, don't have but to... still, but still, you look like yeah, like it looked like I punched you in the face when I had said that. So like, I mean, it, it's okay it, to be wrong. Like it's... I know it's okay to be wrong. I'm going to be wrong all day, but yeah, it just, it, it was it, like, it actually kind of made me feel a little like, I, like I was actually able to pay attention to it. It wasn't just that, that vibe session. And like Mezzy star is the kind of music I love to listen to when I'm working because I can just blow through the songs. It's very chill. It keeps me very level headed. And like, uh, cause I know, there was somebody there like it was one of the other bands that i had i had been the producer on where i threw them on and like it was all day i just listened to all their stuff until i like switched into something and it helped me sell really well so like i think mazzy star hopefully on monday when i go back into work i can just jam it on out and sell big so i think it was the other i think it was ellie goulding right? yeah ellie goulding yeah. thank you yeah. ellie goulding uh number four for me is roseblood uh, i agree with everything that you guys said it is uh, weird because lyrically it doesn't match like musically i, I wouldn't call it a, a disappointment <laughs> but uh I, I definitely see what you guys were saying i yeah it's yeah <laughs> I, I can't defend it i mean you guys everything you said about it is, is absolutely a thousand percent true i there's, there's no denying it i just it's saw musical it. blue balls eric <laughs> <laughs> all build up no payoff i did the, again the reason i chose it was just for that one line just that i could wait a million days it just like it it resonates with me on uh, a deeply personal level so it's not quite as as profound as your guys stories but it's it's still my connection damn it all right so uh number three what have you guys got uh i have blue light uh mostly because of jared's interpretation <laughs> yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's it's a decent song but jared made it great okay <laughs> fair yeah. uh i i have holla at number three uh like the, the, the top three here i think are all like for me, like top tier, really great stuff that 
I, I could 100% just listen to over and over. But uh, this this is my marginally least favorite of those three. Okay, Jared? I, I, I like I like the Roseblood is my number three. And the reason why is, and I think Jake put it the best, is like, it's, it's like a lap dance, you know? Like... <laughs> You're, you're gonna feel something you're gonna get excited but you still gotta go home blue bald and i think that was the best because it, I've, never been to a, I've, never, I've never been to a strip club but i imagine that's what's like you're, you're like you're wanting some extra and it's just like all right we're good like, no, no 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 babe more than this is playing come on let's go i got another 20. i, I just oh would God. like it put on record that jared just put blue balls at number three <laughs> <laughs> you know, every once in a while, you need to uh, you need to edge on into it. And, you know, just you gotta you gotta wait every little bit. You know, you can't always just win. Oh, oh my god! god. Okay, special, <laughs> special episode confirmed. Jared, Jared doing an entire Mazzy Star lyrical interpretation work. I but mean, you, like ha- had- you have to be slightly sleep deprived. You have to be <laughs> in the same mindset, and we have to make sure that a skunk blasts ass by a uh, skunk, and I'm using air quotes. I just might find the delete button for these two halves. Who knows? <laughs> Eric, who's that? Just means with? we got to go through this again. No, <laughs> no, um, I am not available ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number... the first time we've had to re-record an episode with eric yeah that's true uh, and how dare you bring that up when we're not finished yet sir uh number three is fading to you it's uh yeah again their most co- commercially successful one it's you hear it everywhere I-, I love it it was one of the first songs that i heard but it wasn't the first um and it's yeah just mid-tier because it is kind of like a little bit played out so Number two. And number two, I had Fade Into You. I really like that I. song. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a good took, song. Took me took me right back to the bronze, you know, where I spent my childhood. God damn it, Jacob. I hate you so much, but you're right. Uh, <laughs> I was I was listening to it going, man, this is catchy. Now I know why. <laughs> Jared? Just take everything. I don't know. It just it was a good breakup song. <laughs> I chose Hala as number two. That was the first song that I ever heard. So I had envisioned that I was going to be picking it number one because of the nostalgia and because that was the, the introduction, because there's nothing like the, the first song that you hear. Obviously, you know, uh, Jared had made mention earlier in the episode about Metallica, just sad but true. That was the first song he heard. And so obviously it holds a special place in his heart. So Hala is uh, that for me. Uh, I love it, always will. Um, but yeah, the the one that I chose is number one. It's my my new favorite. So what have you guys got for number one then? Uh, I have Take Everything. I think that this song was excellent. I love it musically. I love it lyrically. Uh, it was a ton of fun uh, to listen to uh, while also being just sort of chill and laid back. Um, it had a little bit more of that rocky vibe, so it, it wasn't quite um, as somber feeling. Um, but it the lyrics have this weight to them at the same time. So I, sure. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and it's definitely the type of music I love to listen to. Awesome. Yep. Take everything also my number one. Uh, just a, a great escalation in the music as well, which is something I always really like in a song. 
then that uh yeah that 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 slide guitar at the end was just fucking fantastic just yeah. from like a pure like music standpoint yeah totally agree so jared what's your number one blue light the the <laughs> the um uh, the the energy of that song is uh is phenomenal yeah no, I just, I just, I just, I don't want to repeat yes, it, but yeah. You, you definitely got something different out of, it, out of that song. Than we and did. that I love. I do love that as well. But I don't yeah, know my... why, just, I got a lot of sexual energy from that song. And it just, it was, it felt special. Like, like, I mean, like, you know, you hear like the, the songs that like people will write about their exes or their wives or their girlfriends or their husbands or something. But like that right there, that was that was a memory that was a core memory whether it was my core memory or something else i'm going to choose i'm going to choose to believe my own core memory so okay i love that's it that's fair i chose take everything for what uh david and jake already made mention to the sly guitar just the the lyrics the, the combination of everything it's yeah i'm, I'm kind of kicking myself for kind of ignoring that album for as long as I did and just kind of really got into it hard and heavy with listening to find songs for this episode. And, but yeah, that's going to be heavy on the rotation. Now I love that song. If anything, uh, I feel like I mentioned earlier, I think it should have lasted longer. Like it kind of feels it leaves you wanting more and maybe that's, the means that it's the perfect length, but I wish it would go on for like another stanza or two. I, I love, love, love that song. And uh, I hope that you guys uh, found a new appreciation and fandom for Mazzy Star and we'll delve into their catalog. So um, are you guys still willing to play Trivial Perhuti? I'm going to fail, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's do it. So welcome to Trivial Hootie. This is File Under Entertainment's take on Trivial Pursuit. The first person to get 50 points is declared the winner or whomever has the most points after the 10 questions. Without further ado, Massey Star formed in Santa Monica, California. The band Everclear is from Portland, Oregon, but famously had a song entitled Santa Monica. Who is the lead singer of that band with an appropriately alliterative name? Name him outright for 10 points or for five points. Here are the multiple choice options. Does anybody know his name? And don't cheat. No phones or internet. Let's, let's play this. Does anybody know? If I knew who you're talking about, I, I don't know. You would say? That. Okay. Yeah. My so, problem is I need to remember whoever Clear is. I know it's a vodka or like an alcoholic I'm, beverage, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm so bad at remembering. <laughs> Can I get like two points knocked off if I get like well, names I, I... of songs Everclear has done? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I know who the fuck they are. I will give you, I have the multiple choice. Um, and David, so we're going to do this. It's gonna be alphabetical order and then reverse alphabetical order and so it's like the first question is david jake and then jared and then the next one is jake jared david and then jared david jake and then it kind of goes on and on like that so um here are the multiple choice options a art alex axis b eric estrada c no it's not that one freddie fender or d cliff kingsbury 
David, what is your choice? Because you go first. Okay. I know who Eric Estrada is, so no. We can throw that one out. <laughs> Did you say Freddie Fender? Yes. yes. That feels like a bullshit name. Uh... Watch, that's going to be like the person who founded Fender Guitars or some bullshit. Uh, you know what? I have a die. We're going to roll for it. Oh, good God. <laughs> what? It's a 50-50. Uh, art. Okay. Jake, what's your choice? Uh, D sounds like a vaguely familiar name, and I'm vaguely familiar with Everclear. So I feel like that's the correct choice. For D, Cliff Kingsbury? Yes, Cliff Kingsbury. I have no idea who any of these people are. You felt so confident, David, that I was like, yeah, Cliff, you're not. So uh, one of my teachers was just like, when in doubt, go with C. So C. Freddie okay. Fender? Yeah, Freddie okay. Fender. Why not? Okay, so the correct answer is A, Art Alex Axis. So David got it correct. So he has five points at the end of question one. Eric Estrada is the actor from Chips. Uh-huh. Freddie Fender is a completely made-up name. David got me on that one. And, <laughs> and Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator from the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you knew the name Jake. Yeah, yeah, that adds up. <laughs> All right. Uh... Here's question number two. Most people familiar with Hard Rock Show, uh, Hard Rock, I'm sorry, know that Dave Mustaine of Megadeth fame was an original member of Metallica but was fired in 1983. Megadeth has a mascot that features on a lot of their album art and sometimes features someone in costume at live events playing the character. What is the character's name? You can name him outright for 10 points or for five points here. Multiple choice questions. Does anybody know it right off the bat that wants to get 10 points or do we have to hear the uh, multiple choice? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, fuck, I'm going to be. I know it, I know it. Let me do five, four. Mm, fuck hang on no because i have to run through a whole bunch of trivia in my head oh, uh, oh hold on hold on wait this has got to be appropriate oh no that's probably uh, copyrighted uh, yeah the uh, jeopardy the problem is is that my brain is tainted right now with jake's bullshit and the thing but i want to say its name is like philip or phil or something like that or Okay, well, so we're going to say that no, you don't know it. So we're going to go with the uh, multiple choice. Uh, so this one's going to be... Thinking... Oh, fuck. Never mind. Keep going. I know what it's, I'm thinking of. It's Jake first, then Jared, then David in this case. We have A, Scully Skullington. B, Delirium Elf. C, Vic Rattlehead. Or D, Bonehead C, Adaver. Can, can I'm going to stick my... with D. Bonehead C. Adaver. Okay. Jared? Can I, can I get the, the first two again? Scully Scullington or Delirium Elf? If the internet has taught me anything. I think it's going to be A. Skelly, yeah. 
yeah, Scully Skullington. Yeah, that that name is just internet <laughs> rattled with why we choose what we choose nowadays, like Bodie McBoke face. <laughs> All right, David, what is um, your choice? I remembered what I was thinking of, and I also got the wrong motherfucking name. <laughs> Were you trying to think of Iron Maiden's mascot? Yes, I was thinking of fucking Eddie. Yeah. I knew it was some lame name that was associated with like a popular thing lately. Eh, Stranger Things. Anyways, uh, what were the options again? Scully Skullington, Delirium Elf, Vic Rattlehead, or Bonehead C. Adaver. Let's go with Rattlehead. Why not? Okay. The correct answer is Vic Rattlehead. So, David, once again. (laughs) <laughs> what? This is some banana sandwich bullshit right here. <laughs> okay, question three. The Mountain Goats mostly consists of singular artist John Darnielle, albeit with a host of collaborators. One such collaborator is another typically solo artist, guitar maestro Khaki King, who, funny story, but not so funny at the time because I was pretty pissed. I had tickets to an intimate show that was due to start at 8 p.m. on a Friday to Khaki King. I went with my cousin Wes, who I attended a shit ton of concerts with at the time, and we had trouble finding parking. But when we arrived at 10 minutes to 8 to the venue, we were informed at the entrance that she had actually gone on at 7 instead, and it was nearly done with the performance. So we basically saw two songs. Still a big fan of hers, though. Someone else is a big fan of hers also, having been quoted as saying, quote, there are some guitar players that are good, and there are some guitar players that are really fucking good, and then there's Khaki King, end quote. So who said it? Name him outright for 10 points or for 5 points here, the multiple choice options. I mean, Jared, did you hear that? Yeah, no, I heard that. Sorry, Wi-Fi headphones, and uh, the cats are trying to, like, unplug everything. So got to make sure the show is running good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this is Jared going first, and then David, and then Jake for this one. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter because I still had to choose. Uh, Yeah, well, so, like, if you knew it right off the bat, you would have 10 points. But if you hear the multiple choice, then they're worth only five. So are we saying that no one knows it off the bat? And so we're going with the multiple choice? I'm going to make a random guess. Can I possibly know that? Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm just going to make a random guess because if I'm right, I get 10 points. Yes, uh, that's true. uh, What was it? Who? uh, who... Khaki Khaki King is the guitarist. Is the guitarist. And some other artist said that he wasn't good. Someone said... No, someone said that there's there's some guitar players that are good, some guitar players that are really fucking good, and then there's Khaki King. Like, essentially saying that she is, like, the epitome of a guitar player. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say uh, Iggy Pop. Okay, that is not correct. <laughs> All right, Luckily, Iggy Pop is not one of the choices. So we have A, is it Eddie Vedder? Is it B, John Vanderslice? Is it C, Dave Grohl? Or is it D, Trent Reznor? Oh, shit. Jared, you go first. Uh, Eddie Grohl, for sure. Eddie that, Grohl? Yeah. That's Eddie Vedder, choice. Eddie Vedder or Dave Grohl? Or Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, sorry. <laughs> that, that sounds like... <laughs> I'm tired. I told you oh I'm God. tired. All right. So, David, what is, what is your choice? Better uh, Slice Grohl or Reznor? Uh, okay. Eddie Vedder. John Vanderslice, Dave Grohl, Trent Reznor. Well, I only know who three of those people are. Um, huh. 
sounds like something Grohl would say. Yeah, exactly. It does. It sounds like something like it, he's not like he doesn't outright bash people, but he's like, yeah, you, it's very subtle. That's that's how he talks. Hmm. I don't think it's Eddie better. I'm gonna go with Grohl. Fuck it. Uh, I think okay. you guys are right, but I'm behind on points, so I'll say Trent Reznor. <laughs> I mean. That's the thing. Trent Reznor also, I could see him saying. But I'm I'm sticking with Grohl. Just okay. Uh, <laughs> Jared and David are correct. It was Dave Grohl. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> sorry, Jake. Hey, Jake. Get good. I, I was right <laughs> on the answer. But your rigged game. I'm already behind, so. <laughs> All right. Question number four. Hootie and the Blowfish met at the University of South Carolina so we can unironically call them Cox because the nickname is the Gamecocks. Some other Cox also formed a band that met in college. Which uni did the Strokes hail from? Name it outright for 10 points or for five points. Here are the multiple choice options. This is David, Jake, then Jared. Cambridge. That is not correct. <laughs> well, no shit. Okay, so we have <laughs> A, Columbia, B, NYU, C, Imperial College London, or D, University of Southern California? The London one? Fuck it. Okay, you're going to Imperial College London? Sure. Okay, I Jake? don't know the strokes for shit. I know at some point I knew where the strokes were from, but I can't remember. I'll say USC. Okay. I'm going to go USC also. I, I know the USC Gamecocks. Like, I, I don't know why I know that, but if I'm correct, cool. Well, well, you really are tired, Jared, because you know that because I just said that. <laughs> University of South, <laughs> South Carolina Gamecocks is where Hootie and the Blowfish met. No, yeah, but no, you said the USC. USC, thing. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's <laughs> Southern, there's South Carolina, which is USC, but there's also University of Southern California, which no, is USC but... Trojans. That's the, who we're talking about here. But the answer was Delta, though, right? No, the, what, Delta was what? What was the what was the pick for Delta? Yes, it's it's USC Southern California. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's what I'm saying. The answer is Southern okay. California. You I don't all know why I know that. It is NYU. Okay. So, cool. We all suck. <laughs> okay. Also, so, who the fuck's Hootie and the Blowfish? Thank you. <laughs> Do you really? I know who they, they are, okay. but I don't know any of, say, any of them. I, I liked the word association, like triple yeah. pursuit, mm -hmm. hoot. You know? Yeah. 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 All right. It, Nazi stars. I don't give a hoot. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Nazi stars Hope Sandoval had a little side project called Hope Sandoval and the Warm Intentions, and it got me thinking about some other interesting side projects or what could be construed as a supergroup. One of those is the Dead Weather, which consists of members from which four bands? You can name them outright for 10 points or for five points. Here are the multiple choice options. You have to name all four? Right? I can name like two. <laughs> Right. This, this is Jake, then Jared, then David. In this case, Eric. Let's see you, if I can name different ones than Jake. <laughs> you think I'm smarter than you think I am? Hey. <laughs> okay. So, I'm gonna go for it. 
Okay. So I know for sure the white stripes. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I believe they have like a guitarist or something from uh, uh, Eagles of Death Metal. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is hard. Then the fuck are the other two? I'll say oh, the Foo Fighters <laughs> and uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> you are I, correct. I, yeah. I was going to say, no, no, he's not. <laughs> All right, David, are you taking a stab at it? I know, I know two that he didn't mention. Okay, so he's he's right on the white stripes, and yeah. then the kills, okay. uh, and then Queens of Stone Age. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. Not Eagles of Death Metal. Right? Who the fuck is the fourth? Because it sucks because it's it's not actually like the whole group. It's it's individuals from and and portions of groups. Fuck. Can I just like randomly go, yeah, whatever B is is gonna be the answer for ten points. Can I do that? I don't know who they are, but I'm just saying B is the correct answer. Sure, we'll go with it. All right. If David doesn't that. if David doesn't get this next band. Is it, is it City and Color? It is not. Okay, so I think well, you guys kind of knew, so I think you're you're gonna know the correct answer. Then for five points, here we go. So, uh, is it A. Rage Against the Machine, Alice in Chains, Guns N' Roses, and Stone Temple Pilots? Is it B. Spoon, REM, Uncle Tupelo, and Pavement? Is it C. Radiohead, The Pixies, Pearl Jam, and Helium? Or is it D, The White Stripes, The Raconteurs, The Kills, and Queens of the Stone Age? Hold up, hold up, hold up, up. time out. The Raconteurs are another super group, Eric. They sure are. (laughs) This is some bullshit. Who from from the Raconteurs? Because City and Color is part of the Raconteurs. Yeah, so is Jack White of the White Stripes, Eric. <laughs> you guys are wrong. The answer is A. I don't know what you guys are talking Fine. about. Oh my god. I'll give you both 10 points. God, I thought we were on a music podcast. <laughs> and and call. <laughs> yeah, we can go to bed now, guys. Right. <laughs> Oh, I love you, Eric. See, this is what you were expecting. Eric, I don't know uh-huh. how you do much research into this stuff, but it's amazing. Because, like, oh. you're pulling these little snippets, and, like, I... There, so, there's this, so there's this college called the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point that hosts a trivia show every year, and, like, it's played by people around the world, and this is the level that this guy goes into, and uh-huh. it boggles my mind every year that I listen to it, because one of my buddies plays it religiously, and I'm just like, like, I'm listening to him say these things, I'm like, there's no way I would have known this unless I would have known something. Because, like, he'll ask the surface level questions, right, and the, everybody in the group is just like, bing, 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 and where it's that, like, niche little thing 
where it's like, oh, I know this, you know, <laughs> and these are this is amazing because I feel so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I... wasn't my intent, but <laughs> but this no, like is it, the it, first it's one I actually knew, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Question six. Metallica was already one of the most known and influential bands in hard rock, but they arguably became even more famous or infamous for their lawsuit against file sharing. What year did the lawsuit occur? What was the file sharing site? Ooh. How many users did they try going after? And who was the band member who acted as spokesman? Name it outright for 10 points or for five points here, the multiple choice options um like with the amount of users like you don't have to name that outright like okay. if you know the year and you know the um the year file website. sharing site if you give me the year the website and who was the spokesperson and that'll be close enough i think and it was, this one's actually jared david and jake i think it was 1999 napster and lars ulrich i think it was 99 not sure but I know it was Napster and Ulrich. I'm fuck it. Mm -hmm. Lock it in. Lock it in, Bob. 1999. Uh, okay, I'm. Gonna... Let, let them answer. Let them answer. Okay. Now that I, they know. I, it's wrong. I think he's right, except for I think it was 2000. Jake. Yeah, uh, I was initially going to say 99, and since David took 2000, I guess I'll go 98. But yeah, it's <laughs> Lars Ulrich and Napster. <laughs> And okay. and for for bonus points, five million users. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. Okay, um, I forgot about that part. <laughs> well, so no, what David? What was your answer? Uh, two thousand. Lars Ulrich, Napster, two thousand. Okay, that is correct. And yeah. and the number of users was three hundred and thirty-five thousand four hundred and thirty-five. So just a, just a hair off. Uh not gonna lie looking up technology for malcolm in the middle stuff <laughs> help me figure out when that was <laughs> i don't doubt it okay the mountain ghost john darniel is a proficient songwriter and wordsmith and his song catalog contains an impressive usage of letters but there are four omissions from the alphabet which have never been used for a title of a mountain goat song k v x and z which of these artists actually has the most songs that start with those letters k v x and z here are the multiple choice options a david bowie b prince c u2 or d weezer and this is david jake then jared what were the letters uh a david bowie b no no they be Letters oh, for the songs. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, K, V, X, and Z. Okay. Bowie, because he did everything, and he's weird. <laughs> but you're going with Bowie? Weird. Sure. Okay, Jake, what do you choose? Bowie makes sense. Well, I'm going to go with Prince, just because I know he has an asinine number of songs. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> and Jared? Well, Prince, the man who named himself after a symbol, so yeah. I okay, feel like so you're would, also, I, I feel like that would be first. yeah. I feel like that would be his like I'm gonna make it make a song with with every letter of the alphabet. Okay. That's fair. So yeah. the correct answer is U two with six. Okay. They, they had like Zoo Station, Zootopia, and some other ones. David Bowie had five, Prince had three, and Weezer had just one. Alright, so we Same are at so. David has thirty five. Jake has 
15, Jared has 10. I have points. Yeah. All right. Question number eight. It's another Hooting the Blowfish question, and this one combines math because everyone, especially Jake, loves math and trivial pursuits use of pie pieces. First, get out your calculators and add up the following. The number of Hootie and the Blowfish current members, the number of top 10 singles, the number of Grammy wins, and the number of studio albums. Now, take that total and divide by pi. And I'd like to be a dick and not give the value in case some of you weren't aware, and that could lead to some really funny answers. But I will be generous and say that I'm referring to pi to four places, which is 3.1415. So what is the answer? The, again, we've got a number of Hootie and the Blowfish current members, number of top 10 singles, singles for them, Number, sorry, number of Grammy wins and number of studio albums and then divide by pi. Dude, Eric, you got to work for you for that university. You have to. <laughs> there is. This is incredible. Uh, are you not uh, participating in this one, Jared? <laughs> no, I'm participating, Bob, okay. but it's going to be that one dollar Bob answer. <laughs> Because I'm, I was gonna bust out the calculator, but then I remembered if I hit a specific button on my number pad, it stops the recording. So I'm just doing it mentally. Okay. Yeah, I have All a right. hot bar for matches. So yeah. we got, we got Make Jake, sense. we got Jared, and we got David going first. So, Jake, what is your answer, sir? Uh, uh, I don't know any of the information. <laughs> okay. Well, so, I, so for this one, I'm since going it was to... difficult, I said perfect answer gets 10 points. The closest answer gets five points. Yeah, yeah. Are we doing price is right rules? <laughs> Without going over? Yeah. Uh, well, let's just see how close we can get. With... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Jake. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 3.14. <laughs> So you're just giving me pi back. The answer is pi squared. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, I assume they're all dead, so that's zero. Plus... They're all dead. <laughs> Plus zero number one hits, zero Grammys. So that's oh things like God. number of albums and whatever the other one was. So oh, Jesus. All right, Jared, what have you what have you got to say? I'm just gonna say one dollar, Bob. I don't <laughs> I know who they are. I've heard of them before, but that's about it. <laughs> okay, David. 12.02. 12.02. Cuz I did math. Okay. And it's so, wrong. Cuz none of the information existed. All right. So the number of Hootie and the Blowfish current members is 4. Fun. The number of top 10 singles was 3. The Damn. number of Grammy wins was 2. I the guess that's right. The number of studio albums was six for giving a total of 15. So divided by 3.1415 to four places gives an answer of 4.7747, which means that Jake's <laughs> by assuming that every member of the band was deceased actually earned some points. I was going to pull a stupid answer and say four four point two zero six nine. 
just to be funny and goofy. <laughs> but then I was like, I don't. Oh God! And then Jake said three point one four. So I was like, that's got. He he seems like a smart gentleman, so might as well just go one dollar and be like, okay. well, maybe. We are down to our final two questions. So we have David in the lead at thirty-five. We've got Jake at twenty, and we have Jared at ten. Question number nine. In The Big Lebowski, the dude can't stand which band? Name them outright for 10 points or for five points. Here are the multiple choice options. I know this one. I I should. Uh, who goes first on this? It's Jared, then David, then Jake. But well, if, I'm pretty sure it's Jake, Jared, David. Jake already spoke I, up that he knew it. Yeah. So. So, if you guys want to go first, if you think you know it, I am last. Hootie and the Blowfish. What? <laughs> Would I be that meta? I mean, yes, that would, would be funny. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> David, do you he have would, a guess? Actually, he would. Um, it's uh, uh, it's it's a band we grew up with. Uh, the Eagles, right? Yep. Yep, that's okay. Okay. I haven't seen that movie in a while. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to both of you. So, because Jake did say that he knew it. So I, I, and he did say he agreed. He was shaking his head that that is exactly what it was before I revealed that it was correct. So, uh, can we David, turn that off, man? I can't stand the Eagles. <laughs> all right. So here, here we go. Here's for the the shooting match. Uh, number ten. Parliament Funkadelic is known for having a large number of members. How many people can claim being, quote, with the band? Name them outright for 10 points or for five points. Here are the multiple choice options. If, Does anybody if, know? If I get no this fucking right, clue. What's that? If I get this right, will I win? Because there's um, no way I win. But if I correctly guesstimate the number of people in the band, can I win? If you, if you get it down to the exact total, if you give me the exact number we will say that you will have you'll at least tie and then we'll have a runoff five people in a dog alec no. <laughs> i'm gonna say 25 people were in this band okay that, that's, that's... I'm, go I'm gonna go way higher than that okay all right. i'm gonna say 82 david you got for, for all the marbles 30 <laughs> all right um well none of them you got the exact answer so okay uh here's the multiple choice options uh is it a 75 b 189 c 26 or d 98 i like my answer best c 26 all right jake david uh, I'll go with D. 98? Yep. I'll go with B then. 189. Oh, is that... Oh, fuck. No, no, I'll go with A. <laughs> no, you're, you're locked in. You're locked in. 189, you heard him. If we, I, I don't want to discourage you. Okay. No, I want A, yeah. Uh, you should have went with B, 189. That's the correct oh, answer. <laughs> Is that nice. not asinine? One hundred and eighty-nine. That's insane. <laughs> All right. So, God. but David still completes the the challenge. He finished with forty-five points. Jake had thirty, and Jared had ten. Congratulations, David! You are Undefeated. the inaugural winner 
Rigged. of Trivial Perhuti. Rigged. <laughs> we are coming up uh, on five hours of recording, gentlemen. Oh Thank my you God. so much. Oh, I, you know what? I was horrible because I didn't give my... Uh, did I even give you guys a chance to plug at the beginning of the show? Uh, you did, and I think we made dumb jokes instead. That's fine. <laughs> Listen, if they don't know who we are by now... Yeah, that, I mean, that's yeah. that's fair. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been pimping it out on Evil Mark, so hopefully you're going to get no, more traffic you guys' show, and uh, hopefully they're going to listen. Uh, but, yeah, so now is the opportunity at five hours in. Jake and David, <laughs> tell, tell us... All if you made it this far, projects. head on over to twitch.tv slash LP death <laughs> uh, No, really, that is our Twitch. But uh, also, if you look up Life is Unfair, Jake, why don't you tell them what that's about? That's a podcast about Malcolm in the Middle. There you go. Where we watch and talk about each episode in chronological order. And I'm on it frequently. That that is amazing. In fact, I think you're on it in, what, two weeks? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm very much looking forward to it. Hell yeah. And Jared, yeah. sir, aside from being the incredible super producer on this show, you also do a couple other things. What are they? I'm on Evil Mark uh, for the NFL show. Uh, I'm on Feathers and Friends. Uh, if you like watching me, watching people play first-person shooters, uh, doing a lot of Insurgency Sandstorm on Paragaming Productions, and I may be on my girlfriend's shit list for being up this late at her house. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, you you can catch Eric, and I'm going to get the Let's Play Death Ray guys on Feathers and Friends here as po- as soon as I possibly can. So hell yeah, it's yeah. I, the, these guys are incredible. Again, I can't thank you enough for being my in real life friends that I met through the wonderful world of podcasting. You guys, I, I love you to death. And again, just the amount of just raw, real emotion stuff that you shared with us today. It's just, I, I can't appreciate it more. And it makes me love you guys that much more. You guys are incredible. It's always a blast being able to interact with you in every capacity. Thank you so much. Everyone, please go check out uh, their Twitch streams. And certainly, life is unfair. Especially if you list, like listening to me for five freaking hours, then you'll love <laughs> listening to these guys. Uh, <laughs> they're amazing. And certainly, you know, Jared, yeah, check us both out on the sports ball show that we do, Evil Mark. Uh, I do the college football stuff and kind of all sports that's transitioning back into college football. And Jared does the Friday NFL show. Uh, it's incredible. It's blast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for, for having us. Hanging out for <laughs> nearly five hours. Hopefully, you got some. Uh, <laughs> you shed some tears and you also had some laughs. So, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And at this point, you're probably asleep. So, should we try some <laughs> subliminal advertising? Like sub to LP death right now. <laughs> Donate yeah. five dollars to me. Be the patron so that you can get access to the secret podcast, Uncaged. And stay caged. Oh, wait, what? Go to Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) At least the Olive Garden cut. Oh, Oh, that's a deep cut. All right. (laughs) Yes, on that note, we are going to slam that filing cabinet shut. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see you on the flip side. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.